There is no better place. It's time to talk. The only way to get anything done in Cork is to go down to the Neil Prenderville. Fair play. Talk to Neil Prenderville. That's, that's a Cork threat at this stage, I think. <laughs> the Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. I just love Cork people. Conversation that matters. Yes, indeed. Get involved in the conversation. The Neil Prenderville Show with Mercedes-Benz Cork. Tragic news was breaking on the air on Friday morning. Uh, and, of course, there has been some developments across the weekend. But one thing we know for sure, a small little boy at the age of uh, six has passed away and there's a big Garda investigation as to why. So in Garda this morning the Irish Independent uh, Ralph Regal and Ken Foy are writing about it investigating whether an event last Thursday they're investigating whether an event last Thursday could have been linked to the circumstances in which the six year old boy was found dead at a scenic cove in Waterford. Um, now, detectives are hoping to get medical clearance today to question a 38-year-old woman uh, about the precise circumstances in which Matthew Purcell Healy died in the early hours of Friday morning. And our thoughts, although this is a story and a death, a tragedy in Waterford, there is a Cork connection with Cork relations and, and, and a Cork dad. Now, uh, the woman who was known to the child was, was arrested um, and the little boy was found then subsequently after a frantic search he was found unresponsive and soaking wet in his school uniform in the back seat of a parked car. Now, over the weekend, the earlier thought, I suppose, was that he had drowned. Um, but detectives um, have since said and changed that belief that he died of asphyxial-type death, asphyxiation of, of some form. It's, it's awful even talking about it, this awfully sad tragedy. Little six-year-old with so much to live for. Um, now, funeral arrangements will only be confirmed after his remains uh, are formally released back to his family. Uh, and it's understood that the woman had been extremely agitated and upset for several weeks over a matter scheduled to conclude on Thursday. No more than that, can I tell you. She, she lives, the woman lives in Waterford, City, while uh, Matthew's father hails from Cork, um, and locals said that she was an extremely quiet person. She's an extremely private person, not on social media or anything. Uh, and the papers also this morning say a householder told Gardy that a woman was screaming on the roadway that something had happened to the child. Um, Matthew's death uh, has shocked the Waterford community so much so that over the weekend, hundreds uh, attended a, a special vigil. Um, on Saturday night organised by the bishop and then there was uh, uh, quite an amount of prayers at different masses all over Waterford uh, over over the weekend. Uh, he loved his sport apparently. He absolutely loved his sport. Uh, I hope to come back to this to see if there are any updates from uh, Waterford uh, in you know sometime between now and maybe quarter to ten this morning but it, it's awful. It's just awful when you think of it. The examiner this morning pick up on the story as well. They say the Gardaí have yet to interview the suspect in the boy's death because he wasn't medically fit to be uh, interviewed at the time uh, and as soon as the interview starts I believe that would mean then it would be 24 hours uh, questioning um, but that has that clock has not even has not even started yet. Um, meanwhile uh, we had another um, tragedy uh, on, on Leaside and McCroom there over the last week or so and I see that uh, Olivia Keller in the Echo this morning saying that the funeral of the murdered father of four, Michael Foley who's found dead at his uh, home in McCroom last week, uh, that funeral will now take place today Papers also talk about a momentous occasion, no it is, it is not the first brick or first stone or first 
piece of concrete on the Cork event centre. No, it's not, but it is the very final links in the chain, and that would be link C and link P of the Dunkettle roundabout. Well, it's not mo- it's an awful lot more than that, really. It's a massive interchange, and the last bit of the upgrade happens this morning, and there'll be a lot of pomp and ceremony there. Uh, Michal Martin will be there, the Tarnished, and he'll officially uh, open the new road. There'll be a lot of people there, a lot of media interest. And when you total it all up, we're talking about... 215 million euro uh, and it should continue as it is doing already uh, to alleviate congestion, improve safety and streamline traffic. So it's a front pager making the echo today. The final links in the chain of the uh, Dunkettle interchange opens this morning. But there is no news in spite of the fact that Michal Martin was doorstepped um, on this question in Chicago even. He goes to Chicago and they can't avoid what's happening with the Cork Event Centre. But he is saying in the examiner this morning that the Cabinet is to make a decision on funding for the long-awaited Cork Event Centre within six weeks. Now, Owen English is the go-to guy in this, and I will update with him, possibly even at some stage this week from the examiner. But if I remember correctly, there was the initial amount of money, and then BAM came back and needed more money. And this time now, if they give it, will be the third time uh, that there'll be an increase in funding. Um, at, at now we're, we're at about 57 million and of course we won't own a brick uh, nor a window pane of it. Uh, but the government now is considering a further request for further funding for what they call the inflation hit project. So that's an, an examiner story making the papers today. It's absolutely alarming the state of health in Ireland and there are so many different examples of that. 83,000 people are on hospital waiting lists. If you think it's in Ireland, you're wrong. It's 83,000 people on hospital waiting lists in Cork, according to the Echo today, and that figures up to the end of last month. Isn't that absolutely scandalous? They're waiting on inpatient day cases, treatment in Cork hospitals. That figure is 83,000. And you have to wonder... Uh, if you know, if you were to break that down, all of the different conditions and sicknesses and illness and pain that people are going through and disease that people are going through, eighty three thousand of them. Um, it's just absolutely shameful. In fact, a very alarming story makes the examiner this morning, where they're saying the amount of people who have died before a nine 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 ambulance arrives is up seventy percent in the past eight years. Isn't that absolutely tragic? Deaths before nine 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 help arrives. The last eight years up 70%. One of the stories we dealt with on the air uh, on Friday was um, the, the fact that Angarda Shikona had been prohibited from marching in the St. Patrick's Day Parade in New York alongside the NYPD. Well, the Mirror runs with the front page update on that saying that New York has given the green light to Irish Gardaí uh, to march in the St. Patrick's Day Parade. In fact, the committee over there said that, um, we have to tell you, the parade committee said that uh, we received the Garda application after the deadline had passed. Oh, right. I see. So they said media reports uh, regarding on Garda Shikona not being invited to the parade are inaccurate. Uh, so that's the update on that one. Still in America, though, um, while we talk about the absolute shame of our health system, we still seem to be able to find money to buy ambassadorial buildings in America and indeed all over the world. Now, we already have uh, an Irish ambassador to the United States residence uh, in Washington, D.C. It's got 10 bathrooms, lads, and seven fireplaces, but it's not fit for purpose. Uh, they put it up for sale now for $8 million because they've already gone and bought a $12 million 
dollar state property, a much larger nine bedroom mansion um, over in, in Washington because the other one wasn't fit for purpose. So it's, it's easy for them to find the money, isn't it? For things that really, you know, you got to wonder whether there's a need. And talking about money, uh, there's not much being made out of this story out of, out, of, uh, out of Cove, but I did read at the weekend that Gardy from Middleton, Cove, from Moy conducted an operation in Cove on Saturday afternoon. Now they searched a property, a residential property in Cove, and they they seized a substantial uh, amount of cash, like sixty two and a half grand. They seized a high powered car, and then a male in his late thirties was arrested at the scene and is currently detained. But then they went into a second residence in Cove, and that was searched. They found three and a half grand's worth of suspected cocaine, but they found a significant quantity of ammunition, 180 rounds. They found an ammunition press, incapacitant spray, and drug-related related paraphernalia. Now, the cash in the first house is important, don't get me wrong, but the stuff that they got in the second house really would make you sit up and think as to what's going on and what all that is needed for. I actually should have mentioned when I was talking about uh, issues regarding uh, buying a new residence for the Irish ambassador uh, to America, um, the amount of money that we're spending now on um, this is would be uh, this would be a combination of international protection applicants and Ukrainian refugees. The amount of money that's been spent now in the first nine months of 2023 has been released, and it is 1.3 billion euro. 1.3 billion, and that's for a nine-month period. But bizarrely, the mail yesterday broke down the biggest companies making the most money uh, from that nine-month period, January to September. So these would be companies that would own or buy properties or whatever you have in yourself, and then give them up to the state, and the state would pay them to house refugees and asylum seekers and international protection order. A company called Cape Wrath Hotel Unlimited got just under 54 million euro in the first nine months of last year. Isn't that an insane amount of money? It operates the City West Reception Centre. I'm sure it does a damn good job, but it's 54% owned by uh, bodies that are registered overseas. Travel Lodge Hotels, 23 million. Uh, I'm just looking down through the Mosney, 20 million. If you look at uh, a little closer to home, Mill Street Equestrian Services Unlimited uh, got 11 million between January and September, and it's entirely owned by two companies based in the Isle of Man. Trabalgan, a Jersey-based West Manor Limited-owned Trabalgan, and they got over 10 million. I could go on and on. It's huge money, and I'm not disputing the fact that they do good jobs and don't do anything wrong, but it's a vast amount of money, isn't it? When you total up the top 22, they and themselves make over nearly 380 million between them in nine months. But all of the amount of money spent between January and September is an eye-watering, and I mean an eye-watering, 1.3 billion. Uh, Papers also this morning talk in quite some detail about whether or not the television licence fee should be collected by on post or by revenue. Sinn Féin wants to jump in on the act now. They're saying that it should be completely scrapped totally and utterly. I don't know whether that's a bit of electioneering. We should have to wait to see. But talking about television... 
Um, you know the way uh, there are all sorts of trigger warnings for all sorts of stuff now and I really and this is just me personally speaking thinking that this whole trigger warning lark has gone way too far I have no problem with health warnings being given out for strobe lights for people who might uh, get epileptic issues because of the strobe lighting or flashing lights or whatever the case may be but really um, it's gone way too far now I read at the weekend that there is uh, apparently a, a, an organisation now or at least a group of people who are gaining momentum that they want the Merchant of Venice banned taken off school curriculums etc etc because it's anti-Semitic in the way that it portrays Shylock there's others now because Ralph Fiennes has wrote in on it in the mail this morning uh, saying that um, we should just tr- just completely scrap trigger warnings because people should be shocked and people should be disturbed whether it's in a theatrical setting or indeed on television uh, we didn't have them um, when I was younger we don't need them now we know that there's going to be disturbing scenes and things like Macbeth and terrible murders. But in all fairness, I think it's... I, I also happen to agree with them. I think it's gone too, way too far. I heard Killian Murphy yesterday on uh, Desert Island Discs. Did you hear it? Lovely chat with him, actually. Um, and uh, lovely songs, actually. I was amazed at the different types of tunes they were winning for. So when he asked him, they were playing the different songs. I don't have all of them, but a selection of the ones he picked included The Beatles, Radiohead, Queen... Paul Simon, Lisa O'Neill, who I'm a huge fan of myself, and Seamus Ennis, the Piper. Now, he talked a lot about his life growing up in Cork, and that was absolutely lovely, and how his persistence is not as if he became a big international superstar overnight. He hounded people. He really played people for parts, um, and, and did so right up to, and including Peaky Blinders, which I think was one of his best performances but they're suggesting that he will have he'll have stiff competition when he goes for the best actor prize for the Oscars going head to head against Bradley Cooper in Maestro I don't know if you've seen Maestro it's not a bad film but it's not a brilliant film and I really don't think that he has a whole lot of competition from Bradley Cooper not that I'm not that I thought Kerry Mulligan's performance in Maestro was absolutely off the charts and Claire just actually said it to me in her ears or she agrees but I'm not so sure I mean if it's up against Kerry Mulligan he'd have work to be done but I don't think so I don't know whether you've seen Maestro whether you agree or not and the papers also this morning say that uh, we love to confide in taxi drivers uh, and why not I think you have that element of anonymity in sharing all of your life stories uh, with, with taxi drivers and the mirror this morning as we head into Valentine's they're desperately looking for different angles for Valentine's stories. They're saying the most romantic day of the year is just two days away. And from the making to the breaking of relationships, we spill all our hearts out to taxi drivers the most. They've seen it and they've heard it all. They're like agony aunts and agony uncles, lads. Um, so maybe, maybe it's the taxi drivers should be getting bouquets of flowers and boxes of chocolates on Wednesday. Text or WhatsApp Neil now. 0868 104 106. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. Okay, the newspapers are speculating as best they can and I think uh, it will be down to uh, extensive guard investigation now, but they're speculating as best they can is trying to explain this tragic, tragic death of a six-year-old boy found dead in a little scenic cove in Waterford, um, you know, in the early hours of Friday morning. And uh, a woman 
who was known to the child, arrested subsequently. Can't be interviewed by Gardy yet because she wasn't in a medically fit state, but they believe that maybe at some stage today, Gardy may be able to talk to her. Um, there was a vigil held, of course, uh, over the weekend, uh, because I imagine everybody down in Waterford is shocked. A man who'd have his finger on the pulse of this is Damien Tiernan, the presenter of Dacia Today on WLR. He's on the air at 10 this morning, so I want to keep him too long. I appreciate him taking the time. Damien, good morning. Morning, Neil. Oh my God, absolutely tragic at any age, but a little Mm. six-year-old boy. Mm. Um, What's your understanding, or how how far can you go with regards to this story? Um, Any developments over the weekend at all, apart from what I've said? No, I suppose people trying to get their heads around this, Neil, and the thing is that it's affected many, many families all over the country when they hear of something like that, as you say, the death of a child. And then when the photograph from Fayetteleg National School, when that was uh, released over the weekend and the picture of him in the papers this morning and the big bright blue eyes on him and sort of lovely brown hair and kind of a smile on him. It's just just horrendous. I was out at the school yesterday afternoon, um, just... From my own perspective, uh, Neil, because, you know, as reporters, we're always kind of trying to grapple with how to understand this. But I know the extended family quite well. I know the school very well. Um, Also, the Park Rangers, AFC, um, the soccer club where he played under seven. I was chairperson there for a few years. And I was talking to one of the committee members there last night and um, quite a, I would consider him a strong-minded and strong-willed man. And he just said to me, I think I'm going to have to get uh, talk to somebody about this, he said. Mm-hmm. He was so deeply affected by it. So people will all have their own ways of trying to understand this and also talk well, to their children about it. Well, actually, because. just on that point, uh, I did read in The Independent this morning that um, counselling support is being provided for classmates, friends and family. Yeah. So I can understand what you mean by that, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's just really, really difficult. And whether one knows the family or not, uh, it's just the type of story when they hear of a child dying. Again, we don't know the circumstances. It's just people think of their own children and they think of different aspects of, you know, just trauma and grief and how to deal with that and cope with that and how to talk to, to children about this. So the very latest, I was just talking to somebody in the know, as they say, and uh the woman who we understand knows the child, she has still not been interviewed. Um, she's over at University Hospital in Waterford, very close to us here at the Broadcast Centre in WLR, and she may well be interviewed today. And again, a lot will depend on her, her medical state and how she is. And Gardy then are awaiting the toxicology reports. There were various different indications as to how the young boy may have died. The um, results of that post-mortem examination are not being released, I suppose, for, for operational reasons, as they say, but the, at the minute, the Guardi are not looking for anybody else in connection with the death. They obviously have been interviewed. They've interviewed a number of people that would have been in the area that night. Because uh, she did, she home. was, was she, she, this woman was calling door to door, was she um, looking for help? That's that's what we understand, yeah. We understand that she called to a number of uh, the doors of a number of houses. It's a very secluded area down at the back of Dunmore East, you could call it, and um, it's not near where she lived. Uh, the woman would have lived. Uh, don't know what the situation is, so we'll just have to wait and see um, what the situation is on this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's 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 uh, a, a speculation, perhaps, because you're saying nothing's been released, and I don't mean to upset people by saying initially it was thought perhaps drowning and, and now believe it could have been asphyxia 
Rod Friegel, and you don't even have to respond to this, is, is, is in the Independent this morning saying that um, they're investigating whether or not uh, an event last Thursday is linked to the circumstances in which the six-year-old boy was found dead. But as I say, this is just speculation at this point in time, you know? Yes, yeah. yes, it, it, it is speculation, very much so. And we'll we'll just wait and see what happens. So obviously, guard investigations is going to be a, uh, a vigil at the club this evening, the soccer club this evening, and there's also going to be psychi- psychological support at the, the school. A lot of schools on midterm break uh, this week, as you know, Neil, but uh, I think Fate Leg is still open at present. Uh, primary schools are open for a couple of days, and uh, again, talking to a, a parent whose whose own son is on the same under-17 uh, under team as... Uh, as Matthew and uh, don't she doesn't know what to say to her child about mm-hmm. why Matthew won't be at training and things like that. Like these are the you could say, you could say small and insignificant things, but very important things because children trying to comprehend and understand how uh, a friend of theirs may no longer be around. It's just just really difficult for for so many people. So yeah, it really is. It's going to be a, a very traumatic week in Watford and I've covered a lot of tragedies in the past mm. in my previous job and in this job and you've covered a lot yourself and mm. this one is this one is really, really hitting home. Uh we just we just don't know. So we'll just have to wait and see. But okay. if there's any updates, um I'll give uh, I'll give your producer a shout later. Neil, Thanks okay? Damien. I'll let you get on yourself. You're on air shortly. Appreciate you taking the time. Have a good one. Damien Tiernan at uh, WLR. Text oh eight six eight one oh four one oh six. Pick up the phone on oh eight one eight one oh four one oh six. I have some good news. I have some good news from uh, over the weekend. Uh, you may remember I was chatting with Bernie on Thursday, her wheelchair accessible Jeep. Uh, was stolen from outside her home on Baker's Road. Uh, Her daughter had been taken by ambulance um, the night before uh, because she would have many, many seizures. And I hate having to tell you that she had even more seizures, misfortunate girl of the weekend. But the Jeep was stolen um, and uh, there was a call out then uh, on social media and word went about uh, that there was uh, a wheelchair in it. Um, and um, the wheelchair, if you remember, we were chatting with Bernie on the air um, on Thursday. The wheelchair was thrown over the wall, the front garden. They came back with the stolen car and threw the wheelchair back in over the wall. Um, I, I guess there was some kind of pang of conscience or something. I don't I don't know. Uh, Realising that, you know, the wheelchair was for somebody with a disability. What they had robbed was somebody's. Uh, with somebody's legs, if you like, the wheelchair. Um, but we have some good news this morning, and thanks to everybody involved in it, because Bernie was in touch yesterday saying, our wheelchair Jeep was found in an underground car park apartment block in Ballancolig on Friday night. It was in hiding after the publicity your show gave, um, and, uh, and we got onto Facebook as well, and all that immediately helped. A lady uh, recognised the reg... Um, and contacted my son, so thank God for that lady. Thank you all at the radio station. Your show is amazing, and your great listeners have done us a great service. Uh, and the work you do for caring and keeping an eye out, I want to thank all of those involved in the search. I'm shattered. My daughter had four seizures since, but thank God not fatal like the one on Wednesday night nearly was. And the people who took the Jeep must be gutted. Um, they had it ready for shipping. Oh, shipping overseas. Is that what they do? We're getting cameras this morning and we've changed the locks on the door. My daughter is so scared of them coming back. 
but the new security will keep them away. So that's, that's good news. That is good news. It shouldn't have happened in the first place. They were put through an awful lot of trauma and worry and upset. Uh, but at least the uh, Jeep's been found. Uh, locks will be changed. New security footing put, put on around the house. Shouldn't have to do any of those things. God knows there was a day when the front and the back door would be open. But those days are long gone. Text 0868104106. So happy to be part of that. And to whomever found it, identified it, recognised the number of the car, well done. Call Neil now. 0818104106. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. Good morning all. Text 0868104106. I see uh, Simon Harris has given the Baloo, the Banu out around the world to try and get um, builders to come back that we need them to build houses. We have a housing crisis and they're pleading with Irish builders overseas now to come back, I suppose, from the likes of uh, Australia and America and places like that. Um, maybe even London cities like London uh, but I think you want to put a shout out for more than builders don't you maybe doctors and nurses and all those people involved in all different types of medical personnel um, but and then and then if there's an, then they all come back then and there's another collapse then the economy <laughs> they all have to go away again I don't know um, oh incidentally uh, we, we kind of I want to come back to some calls as well from last week that I didn't get to because everything kicked off really and took off with regards to greyhound racing and whether or not children should go for their Holy Communion party or their event out to the greyhound track with their parents. And that really took off on Friday. But I got a lovely email from Shane who spent quite a lot of time in Australia and he um, frequented a particular public house that he used to frequent when he lived there for six years. Uh, This advert that he sent me is actually from this year. It's just from recently. He says, did didn't I just come home to Ireland and to a world gone absolutely mad? Um, and this is, uh, I'm, I'm a supporter of the greyhound industry, says, uh, and I'm a supporter of the freedom of bringing your children, the, bringing up your children whatever way you want. Uh, but the anti-greyhound groups have no healthy obsession with getting bad publicity for the sport. But anyway, he says, he sent me a, an attachment from the St. George Pub Hotel. So I'm assuming there's a pub in the St. George Hotel, which there would be. Uh, and I'm going to say that this is Sydney. I don't know 100% as to where it is, but it's somewhere in Australia. And the ad is for Valentine's this Wednesday. And it says, spend Valentine's Day at the pub. No need to book a babysitter. We've got you covered with an awesome deal. Treat yourselves to a three-course set menu, 80 Australian dollars per couple. Um, well, you get a deli plate and choice of mains, fish and chips, rum steak. You get, uh, you know, all sorts of fabulous desserts. Free kids entertainment zone with kids entertainer, uh, Dino Nugget Buffet and kids ice cream. And then in big, big print, no babysitter required. Um, can you imagine if there was an ad like that in Ireland now in 2024 or in Cork or if a pub put that up saying, you know, come on in. Bring the kids. We'll have the babysitters. You'll be able to enjoy your meal, have your few pints, and we'll look after the kids. Would people be screaming and roaring about something like that? Probably. Oh, it's so irresponsible of the pub, and it's so irresponsible of the parents. Oh, my God almighty, can they just not mind their children rather than bringing them to the pub? But I pass it on for what it's worth. Text 868 104, 106. Some great prizes, actually. A fabulous prize for Valentine's every day this week, courtesy of ourselves in the Metropole Hotel. I'll tell you some more about it across the course of the morning. But uh, it's an overnight stay every day at the four-star Metropole. 
There'll be treats on arrival and dinner for two in the Met Bar and Restaurant and a delicious breakfast the following morning in the Riverview Dining Room. So you could have a real romantic evening uh, with dinner, breakfast the next morning and you'll have a fabulous room with a view of the city and the view of the River Lee. So that all has to do with uh, where you found love how you fell in love and again the best stories win so have a good think about that and see if you want to be part of the conversation text 0868104106 on that one email neil at redfm.ie but Jackie good morning good morning Neil just, just to put people on alert as well uh, because when we talk about children or self-harm it's a very serious story and people need to be aware that that will feature in my conversation with you but again uh, and you know and I had hoped to do more on Friday but my apologies for not doing it then it no, really, it, I've, I've, been, I've been surprised at the amount of texts and calls and emails over the past few days on this topic of bullying in school. It, it, and if I were to compare it to five or ten years ago, it's significantly worse now. Yeah, I think a lot of it is down to the social media. Sites I think you're right. Well, you know? It certainly hasn't helped, yeah, because it means that no. it can be 24-7 and it doesn't remain in the school. Yeah, that's what happened with my daughter. It was kind of it was in school, but then it was on on um, social platform as well. From what it, are you we know, talking about? Primary thing. school age. Yeah, yeah. So from about what really six or seven? Uh, yeah, she was about six, I think, when it started. And and it went the whole way up through primary. All the way into secondary? Yeah. Yeah, went into secondary and that's kind of when everything got too much for her, really. And did she talk to you about it in the primary school days? She did, yeah. Um, she constantly talking to me about it. I was constantly on to the school about it. Um, and I begged, literally begged um, the school for help for my daughter and it got to the stage where um, I was told there was the only thing that was going on with my daughter was that she was a bull child. Not the kind of response you'd want to hear as a parent. No, no. Like I'm the first one to admit my daughter's no angel. Yeah. She's absolutely no angel but she is held accountable you know if she does do anything out of the way. I'll always make her apologise to anybody. But she she never got that. Never, ever got that. And can I talk to you a little about the, about the type of bullying? Uh, what, what was going on? Was it one individual? Was it a group? It was one particular individual, but then she kind of, as they were getting older, she'd get her little group... And, was it name um, calling? Was it isolation? What was it? Name calling, um, and then it went so far as um, posting one individual posting really nasty stuff about her on um, social media, and then others following. Did you see that? Comment, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Did you show it to the school? I did. I did. I went to the school and they contacted her, one of her parents, 
and the response the school caught was, oh, we don't know any of her passwords, so we'll have to wait for it um, get home to delete it all. It took quite a while for it to be deleted. Well, that, that was as much as was done, though, because it, it, it didn't stop. Yeah. It didn't stop. No, no, it never stopped. It never, ever stopped. Right, okay. Never so stopped. We, we, and yeah, yeah. I, like, I asked the school... And because of um, we know, us now knowing that my daughter had ADHD, um, the way the school dealt with it, I knew myself in my own heart that my daughter had ADHD. Why did you know that? And you know that? I just knew. I just knew. I think parents know their kids. Um, and I knew, I didn't know exactly that it was ADHD. I knew she had something. And I asked and asked and asked and asked the school, how do what do I do? Where do I go? And as I said to you, my response that I got from the principal at the time was the only thing that's wrong with your child is she's a bold child. Because as looking at some of the hyperactivity associated with that and it's yeah. being unable to sit still or stay calm, constantly fidgeting, not being able to concentrate on tax, uh, tasks, excessive physical movements, excessive talking. That's what they were seeing, yeah. you see. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Acting without thinking, interrupting, uh, you know, impatience, things like that. But you had her diagnosed oh, yeah. and then you realized that this is actually what was the real reason behind it. But by the yeah. time, but how, how come it followed into secondary? Did the bullies follow from primary into secondary? Yeah, yeah, one did. And um, I think kind of through social media again and all that, that others knew that she was kind of an easy target. So it kind of spread out then. It wasn't just in the school then. Mm. It was kind of outsiders. Mm. Did she have any? Did you have any friends that came to her mm. aid or oh, yeah. backed her up? Yeah. Um, yeah, she did. She has a couple of very, very good friends, um, and they did they did try to be there for her. Yeah. But I think they were afraid themselves. Yeah, no, I'm asking that. Particularly, I've asked everybody in the last few days about that. Particularly in secondary school, did any of her classmates have her back? Um, and you're saying that they did, but it didn't make any difference not at the very end not at the very end not when she did what she did okay. no and wh- she was totally alone okay and was she so was she very slow then to want to go to school oh yeah 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 like she absolutely hates school and i know that that's because of the experience she had in her primary school like she only had one teacher the whole way through primary school that got her yeah you know, that yeah. teacher even told me herself that she felt that she had an emotional issue. And she tried, she did, she did try everything to help her. Like, I had her in play therapy. I took her to other, like, group therapy things. I even did parenting courses myself because I thought it was me. So would there be kind of like disagreements of a morning when she wouldn't go to school, arguments, trying to convince her that oh, she yeah. has to go? Yeah. She'd be saying she was sick or she had pains in her stomach, things, all that, all these, you know. She had 
everything you could imagine to try and get out of school. That still goes on now, but um, not as bad. Okay. Not as bad. And how how comfortable are you to discuss what happened at um, at thirteen? I don't mind talking about it because if it would help another parent, it would. Um, yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind. Okay. Um, if she got bullied into doing something that she really, really didn't want to do, and I found out about it, now the only reason I don't want to talk about that is because it'll identify her. Okay, and I don't and, want to do that. I understand what you mean. Um, I found out about it, and for other kids' protection, I went to their parents about it. And she was called a rat. And I didn't realise that it was a group chat and that the whole of the group chat turned on her and called her awful things, absolutely awful things. And it was a Sunday night. And my baby girl texted me to tell me that she was after taking too many tablets. Okay, okay. Okay, and that's where, the night my whole world fell apart. Where, 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 were you close to her? She was at home. She yeah. was at home. Okay. I don't think I've ever ran the stairs in my house as fast as I did. Thank God she did. Um, what, she texted you or something and say that? She did, and it was down to one friend that she has, and this girl is, this particular girl, they're not in school together. Um she has my she is the one person in the whole world that has besides her us her parents yeah. has her back 100% and she basically told her you either tell she had to, you either you either told, tell or I will yeah you okay. either tell yeah. or I'm sending an ambulance to your house oh my god okay so obviously you got to her on time and medical yeah, intervention did, saved her. but yeah yeah, yeah like but, her liver her liver was in danger Okay, okay. And was that the turn? Oh, thank God she was saved. But was that oh, was that the yeah. turning? Was that the turning point? Have has anything improved? Yeah, definitely. Like we already had started um, getting her into CAMS. It was a pediatric doctor in the COH. Okay. She was attending him for migraine. And him and me had a very, very long talk and I told him then that I suspected at this stage because of research and stuff, I told him I suspected that she had ADHD and he kind of agreed with me mm. and brought a child um, psychologist mm. in on it and he gave her a really good, um, he gave her a lot of time, mm. spoke to her, spoke to me and then within, in, uh, you know, she took her overdose. And within weeks of that, then um, she was diagnosed. Did did she change schools or did she remain in the same secondary school? No, she's in the same secondary school, but the person isn't. Okay. And is there a reason why the person isn't? They were expelled. Not, not because of my daughter. Okay, oh, for an unrelated issue. Okay. Yes. That yes. must have come as a huge relief, though. Oh, unbelievable! Unbelievable! It was like a weight 
a weight lifted off all our shoulders, to be honest. Like, I, I have no ill feeling towards this child. That child has issues. Okay. But and what about the school, though? Was there any know, other subsequent... Okay, well said for that. But was there any other subsequent conversations with the school? I mean, falling no, short of not, an apology. Like, no, not from the primary school. Secondary school, either of them. Oh no! No, to be honest, the secondary school. I don't. Oh, I don't think the secondary school. I think they recognised straight away, and they were very, very. They have been amazing. They have been absolutely brilliant, very supportive. But it's the primary school is my issue. My daughter's owed a massive apology from that primary school. I would imagine. Massive I would apology. imagine that it would be hard to find a school either primary or secondary, that doesn't have an issue with this. Because as you know, um, you know, children have their smartphones now at a younger and a younger age. We found yeah. out that last week, of course, six-year-olds with a smartphone in primary school. Um, and if social media can be a very vicious place for adults, then it's bound to follow that there's got to be a proportion of it for children as well. So I'd say, oh, I'd say they're all struggling. I'd say they're all... Str- is, she hap- is she happier now, your daughter? Oh yeah, yeah. She definitely is. Definitely is happier. Um, she's able to talk to me. Mm. Um, she has a support teacher in the school that is fantastic to her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic to her, and um, she she's much stronger person. Much stronger person. It was touch and go there for a while though, Jackie, wasn't it? Oh, I wouldn't, I'm telling you, I would not wish it on any parent. It's, I've never felt so helpless. I know, I can imagine, yeah. In all my life. I know, I know. But I, like, my whole thing is, I regret that I never moved her primary school. You know, I constantly thought about it, but I was being told by people, oh, if you move her you know, it will disrupt her more and it could, you know, that there's bullying in every school, it's not the answer but what I'd like to say to other parents is go with your own gut And that's you what know, was said last week as well, that a lot of people said that last week, right up to, to Colette Wolf saying, no, get her out of the school if nothing's been done, yeah. get her out of the school you know? Yeah, it's my biggest biggest regret, well, don't, you know, don't I try not to dwell on that, yeah. myself for yeah. that yeah. but you know, I know my daughter knows that I did everything I could when she was in primary school yeah, yeah. to try and help her. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. You know, I'm glad I'm she's just, in a better place. I hope that no other parents that it gets this far. And my advice is, if you feel the school do not have your back, get them out. Thanks so much, Jackie. Difficult and always was Thanks to share. So Appreciate it. Mind yourself and uh, big you. hugs to your daughter as well. Samaritans are always available on twenty four seven on one one six one two three one one six one two three. My child has experienced bullying throughout their school experience. They're now twelve, going to secondary school in September. My child has been tormented, but the school always takes the bully side. I'm a single parent and my child was recently diagnosed on the autism spectrum. She's a sweet person and just wants to be able to join in. She was bullied so much that she lashed out at a bully and slapped them. The teacher took the bully's side despite the fact that I had reported the bullying to the school previously. My child was then labelled the bully and of course my only course of action was to move school. She got on a bit better and was not bullied but also was not included. 
It's devastating as a parent to watch it happening. I don't condone physical violence, but my child was reacting to months of torment and she just snapped. All of this conversation started actually um, at the back end of last week with the parent of a child who's being bullied and that child is in an ASD unit attached to a secondary school and, of course, is in the ASD unit because the child who's been bullied is on the autism spectrum. There was an incident in my daughter's school where she was told in the yard by two boys in her class that she was fat and that nobody liked her. They told her to go home and kill yourself and I hope you die. I was sick at the time and was in CUH. Her grandfather had to approach the school and when he told the school what happened, they said they couldn't believe it as both boys came from a very respectable family. Both boys were made to write out a letter of apology and had both their parents sign it. She accepted their apology, but weeks later, it still plays on her mind. It's so sad for our children to be treated like this in this day and age. I hope you get to read this one out. Um, I imagine that in, to some extent at least, the, at least the school did something in that regard. They took it very seriously. The promise contract is common for it. Yeah, somebody was on the air last week saying that the children uh, had to, in the primary school, had to sign a promise contract to behave. Uh, and I, I thought that was well, certainly new to me. The promise contract is quite common, Neil. My sixth class child had to sign one of them even though she was the victim of the bullying. No parents were told that this was happening. I only found out about it after the event. It seems the bullies get away with the bullying and the victims are made to feel that they are the problem. Can't come on air, but I hope this helps. The promise contract. Thank you for those. Lots more to come. Text 0868104106 back after 10. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. Conversation that matters. Morning all. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Lots on, on Valentine's and first dates. I love that story. The breeder had, had their smelly men and rude women. The biggest turn-offs on a first date. You think if a fella's going for a first date, you'd have a shower, wouldn't you? And have an old spray of the links brush the teeth and things. Uh, lack of hygiene tops the list of first date disasters uh, for women, while foul manners were the main problem for men. Um, I'll come back to this, but I'll give out the list and maybe you could add some of them. Your own experiences. You never know, you might win of our, one of our overnights at the Metropole Hotel this week. Uh, first date disasters. I'd also like to hear some of those stories. Uh, but quite a lot of texts already this morning. You say there's 83,000 people waiting in Cork on hospital lists. How many Many of them are from Cork. It's the same with the homeless numbers. I don't know why we always seem to turn things around. Like, yeah, like if 1,000 of them are from Cork and 82,000 of them are from overseas. Uh, come on. Morning, Neil. I am Italian. Well done on the win yesterday to Ireland. We'll take our revenge playing football with Ireland, as in... We're better soccer players than you guys are. Well, fair play to you. Stick to the soccer. As Spike Milligan once said, Neil, after we beat England 12-0, they were lucky to get the zero. Uh, Yes, I agree. A good weekend of rugby. Very close, yet a great win for England. (laughs) Thank you for all those. I was talking about Bernie's car, right, which is a big Skoda Octavia adapted to take a wheelchair. Robbed from outside their house, the wheelchair thrown into the front garden Um, and apparently she was saying to us over the weekend that it was about to be shipped overseas Paddy says cars that are being stolen from Ireland are being replated, they get false papers issued and they're shipped to Malta or Cyprus for resale where they get alarms and immobilisers fitted says he, so that's what we mean when shipped overseas uh, is brought into the conversation. I was in Douglas Shopping Centre on Friday, went into the toddler play area with my two-year-old. I have to tell you, an argument broke out between two mothers. It happened after a physical altercation between their respective kids. 
Then the two mothers started into each other. It was loud and it was intimidating. These were two local women. Should a centre like this have such a facility if it's not monitored by security? At the times we live in now, lads, that it can't be just monitored by the parents themselves, people are suggesting... There needs to be security, minding toddlers. Uh, This is a strong argument, your conversation with Jackie, of never giving your child a smartphone, particularly in primary school, where Jackie's daughter attempted and almost did manage to take her own life. Lots of bullying stories are mentioned that the children are involved in group chats, Neil. Why doesn't another child speak up or tell their parents what's happening in some of the group chats? Fear, I would think. Fear. The bullies then turning on those. You heard my conversation with Jackie when she said at one stage her daughter, and this pushed her over the edge, was called a rat. I can relate to that lady on air about bullying. My child suffered the same. It was reported to the school, and I was told by the principal of the school here in Cork that they run the school and I don't, as in, it's the kids are running the school. None of his friends that came with him from primary school to secondary school helped him. He's fine now, we think, And my advice to any parent in the same situation is get your son or daughter out of that school pronto. And there are more like that, which I'll come back to after the break. But on builders being asked to come back by Simon Harris, Marie says, coming back to wanting tradesmen to come back home to help build homes. Yes, there are thousands who will jump at coming back. But the big question is, of course, where are they going to live? There's no accommodation whatsoever. There's none down here in West Cork particularly around Clon, that will block a lot of people from thinking about coming home. Or will they find houses for them like they did for the thousands of thousands of Ukrainians? I doubt it, says Maria. I think that a lot of builders overseas are doing very well. Thank you very much. I hear stories all of the time, particularly coming out of Australia, where their standard of living, their quality of life is terrific. The weather's better. They have a beautiful home. I know of builders with swimming pools in the back garden, lads. Why would they want to come back? Does anyone else notice the Catch-22 paradox in Simon Harris's plan to bring builders home to Ireland? Ireland has a housing crisis, so we need builders to come home to build houses. As mentioned, Ireland has a housing crisis, so if builders come home to Ireland, they will have nowhere to live and will, in fact, be doing one thing, just adding to the housing crisis. At least in the short term, says Richie in Toker. Text 0868104106. We got more after the break. Call Neil now. 0818104106. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. Well, we'll get back to calls in a, in a few minutes' time, but I have to acknowledge the huge response to conversations last week, and many people went to the trouble of getting in touch. Uh, hi, Neil. My eight year old boy goes to a, a national school. It's a very positive story. Uh, they have a fantastic system there where boys from the older classes are matched up with boys in the year below them. They then look out for them during the year. My son adores his buddy. They call it the buddy system at White's Cross National School. I think that's a cracking idea. Uh, so my son adores his buddy and says he's all, he always helps him with different things. This should be set up in all schools as I think it gives the older boys a responsibility and also shows how to care for younger kids. It's terrible to hear all of these bullying cases on your show. What a fabulous idea. So well done to White's Cross National School. I wonder if many other schools have that, the buddy system. I love it. My now 13-year-old daughter had been bullied for almost four years in primary school and not once had the bully been punished or had any consequences for her actions. 
There was no satisfaction from parents, only text messages of abuse to me. The bully, well, monkey see, monkey do, I suppose. The bully is more protected in the anti-bullying policy of the school than the victim is. We went to the guards and again met a dead end. As much as I'd love to come on air, my daughter is 13 and has since gone to secondary school and is now thriving. She was self-harming and going for counselling to learn to cope with her mental health affected. As a family, we nearly went off our heads. We had no help whatsoever. The board of management did nothing. The principal, nothing. Teachers gave her breathing exercises to cope. My advice is move school. And keep moving school until your child is happy. There's no other option. We know because the school's bullying policies are just a joke. Morning. I've come from a small parish in Cork, County Cork. Uh, members of the board of management of the school openly discuss problematic parents on the GAA sidelines. In this parish, if you complain, you get labelled. I moved my child to a neighbouring parish with no problems. And now my child is getting on great. And there's many more. Bullying caused me so much suffering that I will not have kids as I do not want my child going through what I went through. Very short and to the point text. I agree with your caller, Angela, from last week. Remove them from school. My son was bullied for eight years. I removed him from the school. I went to the guards, but they couldn't help. Then a neighbour got a barrister friend involved and he got the guardie to sort it out. I knew all along it was one boy behind it all. Now it has stopped. My son is 19 and he's still getting help in the adult mental health services because of it. The damage they did to him was shocking. He finds it hard to hold down a job and he's always on high alert. Well, there's a 19-year-old with an awful lot of anxiety because of what happened in school. My girl was getting bullied from preschool to fourth class. The school could only do as much as they could. My poor little girl, it came to a head in Christmas time one year when she was kicked, when she kicked my girl into a broken foot, as in she broke my child's foot. It had only just come out of a boot that she'd been in a few weeks prior. Broke it again. The kid blew her off her chair. We put in an email to the school and told them it had gone beyond schoolyard bullying now and it had become physical and mental abuse. We gave every detail, including the dates and pictures of the bruising, everything that happened to her. Thankfully, this was the email that needed to go in. I told I told them that the guards and the Board of Education would be involved and that my child will not be the one that will be leaving. She's in fifth class and she's never been happier. I always tell her that bullies will get their comeuppance when they go on to secondary school. Thankfully, they won't be going to the same secondary school as my daughter. I'm so happy that she'll be able to enjoy secondary school and won't have to look over her shoulder. Uh, can't go on air because I wouldn't want my voice identified. I'm not 100% sure what happened to the bully there. I mean, you did you did, um, you did, know, turn the heat up on the school. Did it result in the bully being expelled? Just wondering if there are any people listening to the show that were bullies themselves when they were younger, but not now as adults. Would any of them talk on air as to why they bullied? Maybe they were bullied themselves at home, or maybe it was peer pressure. And wouldn't it be good if someone who bullied as a child were to go on air or indeed even better, to go and talk in schools. They might have an impact on school bullies and possibly prevent someone getting involved in joining a group who bullies others. That is a, a very good idea, I have to say, just racking my brains. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember if I ever did, to be absolutely honest, speak to anybody on air who was themselves a schoolyard bully. Well, want of a better term, it's just a bully now because it doesn't stop in school. It's very much now... 
uh, on social media as well. But if there is somebody that would like to talk through that perspective or through that prism, do get in touch. Uh, text 0868 104 106 and I will come back to it. I promise you that. There are many more and I will return to it. But when I was talking last week about, um, you know, communion age and children going to uh, the dog track for their communion party or their communion event with the family, I got a text that was connected with communion, but not with Greyhound tracks, but more to do with communion, as in communion girls across Cork are attending, um, you know, say yes to the dress events. Uh, and this is much popularized now by the television show of the same name. But this mother um, was on by text at the time saying that these kind of events are putting extreme pressure on parents with limited means. She said, uh, you were talking recently about communions. Uh, My daughter is making her communion in May. Recently, her classmates did a say yes to the dress event at a local business. The dresses there for communion ranged from €249 to €500. My eight-year-old was sick at the time the event took place. Uh, Now she's putting me under a lot of pressure to follow suit. Today I heard some mums are having their, are having up to four hair trials for their daughter's hair before the communion day. And some parents are having their kids' teeth whitened, which I would have thought was illegal, actually. Uh, how can I give my daughter the best communion experience and protect them from the fact that money is tight with this kind of carry-on? Now, I know that it's turned into a bit of a, a fashion parade and that it comes with a lot of accessorizing, not just the dress itself. Uh, but I know nothing about how you would even put on a say yes to the dress event uh, for children and kids. If you guys know anything about it, get in touch. Text 0868104106. But Katrina, what, what, can you hear me okay? Is that phone line all right for you? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay, let, let's see if it's okay. Um, what, what, what do you make of that? For, particularly, what, what does it mean by four hair trials? I've never heard of anyone having here. I have four. I'll come back to you in a couple of seconds if you don't mind, because that's a shocking phone line. We'll see if we can improve it. Megan Gahan has hair by Megan up in Dublin Hill. Megan, good morning. Hi, how are you? Wow. Can you explain all of this to me? Are you in the know? Say yes to the dress events for communion girls, uh, four hair trials, and and teeth whitening. Okay, I think that's even gone on me as well. Are you there now, Megan? I am, yeah. Okay, sorry, did you hear what I just asked you there with regards to hair trials? Mm-hmm, sorry. Yeah. Go on. Oh, you didn't. Okay. Can, can you yeah. maybe explain what say yes to the dress events for children are? Children are making their communion, getting hair trials, having their teeth whitened? Yeah, like I don't know anything about the say yes to the dresses. I know, obviously, when you're getting married, they do that. But I don't know. I haven't seen anything with communion kids. As far as trials, I was working in a salon for 14 years and trials were far and few between. You would have a few that would come up and get their hair, their trials, hair trials, but very few. But what is honest. it? What, what does it mean, a hair trial? So it's like basically what you're going to do on the day. So just in for argument's sake, the child wanted curls and her hair put up. So you do that. So then at least, so then she gets to see what way her hair will be on the actual day then. So it's exactly the same as when she'd come into the salon on the day of her communion and get her hair done. But they just try it out and see if they like it, basically. Okay. So typically, how old would that girl be, that young girl? I suppose communion age was seven, eight. Okay, so we'll say, we'll say a seven that? or eight-year-old having their mm-hmm. hair trial. So it wouldn't be a case of washing the hair, mammy blow-drying it, 
with a brush well, and off I know, she goes looking great. That we were in the, the like we'd say to, to the mother, like, you know, wash her hair at home the night before and then come up to us and we'll do it then. Um, there is some people I know who their mothers do the hair themselves at home. Yeah. Some kids don't want curls in it and they just leave it down and straight with a lovely little hairband or yeah. a little tiara or yeah. whatever in it. And they are equally as beautiful as the girls that get the hair done in it, Okay, okay. So, you know, it, it, so the hair trialing, if it does happen, and our texture here says that it does, um, is it, it the, does happen, is yeah, it, the, it is does. it for the mums or the dads that want it or are the children demanding it? Um, that's a hard one because I don't know. You know, the, the mothers will book the appointment, obviously, and then the child is all excited about getting it done whether the child is asked at home for that or not, I don't know. It, I suppose it, it just depends on the child. But there, I have seen girls um, come up with their mums and, like, you know, we'd be talking to them and we'd be saying, oh, your community now is this year. And she's saying, yeah, yeah, and I'm coming up and I want to get my hair done and see what way it'll be before the day. But you do have some kids that ask for it. Are they a bit young to be that aware, do you think? Me personally, yes, I do think so. Yeah, um, but yeah. that's that's my personal opinion. They're only seven or eight, you know. Like, but I suppose that's the world of you know technology and all that that they're looking at TikToks and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. And you know, maybe they're seeing it all on that beforehand. Would would it also lead to say getting a few sessions of of I don't know whether sunbeds are sunbeds the rage anymore? Is it fake tan out of a bottle now? Which is it? Most your spray tan spray with what I would be thinking. No, so, obviously you have the mothers who put on the tan with the bottle as well. Um, but it would have been I from from what I would have seen working in the salon I was working in. Um, you would have seen kids communion age coming up first getting a spray tan or getting the tan done, and then they're coming and getting their hair done and their makeup done, and they're after getting their nails done at seven and eight years of age. Is that? Is it just me thinks that's somewhat disturbing? It's clearly none of my business. Don't get me wrong, but it seems I, a bit. I over- would. I wouldn't leave my daughter get it done. When I, I, when my older daughter made her communion, um, we went down. We got her dress, um, and she. I allowed her get her nails painted. She got a nice, no, no extensions on her nails, no nothing. She just got them painted, and that was it. Me personally, I wouldn't not let my child get spray tan, get the makeup done. That's my own personal opinion, each to their own. But I wouldn't leave my child. I think they're too young. Is it? I mean, nothing should surprise us. You know, six-year-olds with smartphones in in second-class primary school. But is there a bit of competition going on then between children or indeed between parents on the day? I, I'd like to say that there isn't, but I think there would be, again, going down to the fact of they are all at that age, they have the smartphones and they're able to send each other pictures and just say, for argument's sake, one of the little girls getting her nails done, she's able to send, you know, Mary, her friends, a picture of her getting her nails done, you know. So I'd like to say no, but, you know, that's, you know, there probably is, there probably is competition. And I would say there would might be competition between parents. You know, I'm getting this for my daughter, and I'm doing this for my daughter, and you know. Maybe times have changed. I don't know. It just it seems as if I it's so. it's taking the childhood out of it all. Changed. You know, the innocence out of yeah, it. Yeah, you know? definitely. Like I, as I said, I was working in the salon for 15 years, and back at the start when I was working there, it would have been a lot. Like there would have been very, very few that would come in and get makeup done, say for the child for the communion. Whereas 
what I'd like to say six years ago every second child is getting their makeup done for their communion and getting their nails done for the communion but, 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 uh, so, so you're, you're saying that there's, they also have makeup as in full oh, adult God, yeah. makeup yeah 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 I've seen kids get it done on the morning full face of makeup is that does that not seem a bit scary yeah I would I, again personal I wouldn't leave my daughter get it done um, she was. I remember her confirmation. She was. I was. I allowed her to put a bit of mascara on, and that was it. Never mind saying for her communion, but there is. There is parents that leave their kids get a full face of makeup and for, for communion. For communion. For communion. Yeah, yeah. The lashes, the makeup, the tan, everything. Yeah, I, I have seen it. Wow. That's hard. I, do, I don't That's agree hard. with it. I wouldn't leave my child get it done. But again, like I said, each their own. Um, but it, it is, and you know what? It is ramping the price of what you're spending on a communion up hugely as well. Well, you haven't even like mentioned the cost of the dress here, but say, say if the dress is yeah. coming in at anywhere between 250 to 500, and then you got the makeup, and you got uh, the nails, and you got the hair, and you got the yeah. tan, and if somebody goes into the That's house and sprays. Before you even step outside the door, you're, the, in the you're morning probably close to 800 or 900 euro anyway. Easily, I'd say. Okay. Easily, okay. yeah. All right, that's amazing. It's just put a lot of pressure on on parents that can't afford it, and that are because look, the amount of people that are stuck at the moment, money ways and stuff. That's right. That's the text that I got actually. Said, "How can I give my daughter the best communion experience, mm-hmm. but protect her also from the fact that money in this house is very tight?" Is it yeah. a, is it a case that parents are under pressure because their daughter will kick off and there be there be a tantrum because other girls are getting it? Maybe so, maybe so, or else it's just a case of that that parent wants to give the daughter the same experience that everybody else is getting. Maybe the child isn't going to kick off, but maybe she just wants, you know, her daughter to have it. But at the end of the day, like, you know, like I say, I put up on the your, your Facebook post last night, someone had up there with communion dresses, dresses and johns, so I think they were reduced or half price or something. And they are just as beautiful as dresses that you're paying four or five hundred euro for if somebody is under pressure and can't afford that. Well if they can afford yeah. it, and would well they, and good. But would you, they would, can. Yeah, but if you bought a Dunn's one, and I hear there's fabulous bargains and Michael Guiney's, I'll talk to Katrina about yeah. that in a moment. Would would anybody know that it's you know a cheaper dress? The only way someone will know is by looking at the tag. And Don't at you. the end well of the said, day, yeah. when you've ten kids or however many kids sitting at the top of the church, no one's looking at the tag of the dress. Okay. If your okay. daughter likes it and you're happy, that's what matters. Okay, thanks for that. I get more calls on it here, a lot of texts. Just finally, and maybe I'm over, overly laboring the point about makeup, but with that, with that makeup on the, the six or seven year old, seven or eight year old, would that involve lipstick as well? Everything lipstick, lashes, mascara, blusher, bronzer. I'm not a makeup artist, but I, I could name a few things, but that would probably be the max. Um, but yeah, it would include everything, everything. Yeah. Oh as if as if a girl, a woman, was getting married. Yeah, I know. And on your wedding day, you have everything. It's like, mini, it's like a mini bride, isn't it? It's like a mini bride. Yeah, yeah. I have seen a little communion girl, I've seen loads of communion girls, and the makeup they use exactly, or do exactly what you would do to a bride. Wow. On wow. a wedding day. Wow, 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 yeah. wow. Thanks, Megan. Good luck to you up at Hair by no, Megan no, in no, Dublin. No, I appreciate that it. If girl wants to get on to me, I'd love to help her out um, with the daughter's hair and her own hair. If she wants to get in ah, you're very good. I'll pass on number. the details. Thank you, Megan yeah. Gahan. Appreciate it. No problem. Uh, let me stay with this, if you don't mind, and see if that's a better line. I got Katrina on WhatsApp. Katrina, good morning. 
No. Um, problems. Uh, just one or two problems with the phone lines phone lines this morning. Don't worry, but I will sort it out after the break. The Neil Prendival Show on Red FM. Conversation that matters. Pick up the phone, be part of the conversation. The Neil Prendival Show with Mercedes-Benz Cork. Let me see if WhatsApp's any better and then I'll talk to Catherine. But first up, Katrina, good morning. Did you hear any of my chat? Did you hear any of my chat there with Megan? I did, so I heard a bit of it. Okay, so you heard about the, the fake tan and the makeup and the lipstick and the mascara and the hair trials and the teeth whitening. And all of the oh, I did. <laughs> what do you what do you make of all of that? It's bananas, absolutely bananas. As I said, I have four girls, and the oldest is nineteen. So communion, obviously, a few years ago she made it. Yeah. And the difference, okay. I, the youngest is making it this year, but okay. the difference in from when she made it years ago to what they're making it now. Okay, is, just bear in mind that you're a single mother of five. Four of them are girls, so it's an expensive rearing for you. So the first was communion for a 19-year-old. Compare the difference between your 19-year-old's communion and your upcoming 8-year-old's. Well, when the 19-year-old made the communion, there was TK Maxx would have been big for communion dresses. And I would say 70% of children were in the likes of TK Maxx and Michael Guy is buying a dress. There was no competition. There was no big hairdos, no big venues, no say yes to the dress. None of that was there years ago. 10 or 11 years ago, there's been a big change since then. When, when you say yes to the dress, do you know how those events work out for communion? Yeah, they go up, they have a big, it's like your wedding day. Go up, there's a big thing. Now, it's not that big, say yes to the dress in Waterford. We have two shops that do communion dresses and then we'd have the likes of Michael Guinness and on stores and they don't do that big say yes yet, but they still make the experience as in what you know, the, the child wears lots of different ones that comes in and out of the changing room wearing a different dress is it yeah the child like goes in they'll ask the child what you know what would they like they go in they try the dresses on and they come out and then they literally just pick their dress with the say yes to the dress, there's a big chair, there's a big sign. Yeah, same as the there's TV a big, show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, big yeah. TV show. And is there, does the child have any idea about the prices of the one that they might pick? Yeah, that they might go for something that's two or three times the price of another one? Um, to be honest, I don't think children know the difference. I have a friend, um, I was after, I picked my child's community dress in the local shop. Um, in Waterford and then a few weeks later I see Michael Guiney's got dresses in now they've come from boutiques the Michael Guiney's dresses they've come from boutiques right. you know yeah. and they're 20 euros they have diamonds there's all different shapes and sizes and there's one of each dress Michael so Guiney no recently had 20 euro communion dresses 20 euro communion dresses I have a friend who went in and got a communion dress after I told her, um, she got a communion dress, she got a veil, she got a tiara, and she got gloves. Forty euros. Thank God for the Michael Guineys. For f- the whole lot yeah. for forty. And and the, the daughter was happy enough with all of that. The dress has diamonds, little diamonds on the top. It comes out absolutely perfect. The same dress you could go into a boutique, honest to God, and you could pay four hundred for it. So they wouldn't last long in Michael Gunny's. They'd be snapped up fairly instantly. Oh, they they? were snapped, snapped up. And as I say, they only have kind of one of each 
style. So it's not as if, you know, you're going to go in and buy some and someone else is going to have the same dress. You could get lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about all the... the, I was going to call it accessorising. I'm not sure that makeup or fake tan or um, a big hair salon hairstyle and lipstick and all of that is accessorising, is it? No. Every child is going to look fantastic. It doesn't matter on the price tag of dress. And as I said in my comments... Is a child really going to go over to another child and say, hey, my dress was 500 and someone else say, well, Probably. hey, my dress was two and yours? Probably. Some. Yeah. Some may. Some not. But that's that's down to the parents if they're going to tell the child the price. My child doesn't know the price of her dress. None of my children ever did. Never went, never discussed that with them. They picked the dress and that was it. Well, I'm delighted to hear that you wouldn't know the difference because you'd hate a parent to tell a child that your buddy's dress is 20 euro from Guinea's and then the buddy goes over and says it to the poor girl. My mammy said your dress was only 20 euro. Mine was 500. Ha ha. Yeah, no, the pressure, is, the pressure is hard on parents and, and that's coming from a single person, single mother on my own. Like, so I do know the pressure is hard there to keep up with the Joneses, as they say. And what about these, you, you mentioned also before I let you go, big, big events. What, what, what kind of shape would they take, the big event? Oh, they're like the Disney princess chairs, you know, the, all the big accessories, a room done up like a wedding. At you home? You know, big meals. Oh no. Oh no, out in big hotels, big meals, big afters. Like, it's like a wedding. But they're eight. A vast majority they're, seven. Of that. they're seven or eight, like. They're not. Seven 20. or eight. Yep. And all they want to do is make the communion look pretty. To be honest with you. Now, look, maybe my children are different, but they're, they're a very happy children. The dress is all they wanted. They got to pick their little dress. But if I had a, like, if I had a seen them, Michael Guiney's dresses, before I got her dress, I would have happily put one on her. Yeah, absolutely. Because they didn't look any different. Absolutely. To what was in the shop I was in. Yeah. Interesting text from Ian saying that there's no shame in keeping things simple. People are living from paycheck to paycheck. Don't be trying to keep up with the Joneses if you're struggling to keep your head above water. Maybe the people that engage in this have lots of spare cash. Well, they must have. And our school do not put any kind of pressure on any of the children in any way, shapes. And a lot of time we donate dresses and some of the parents that donate dresses in. So there is dresses there, you know, for anyone that is struggling in the school. There's dresses there as well. Okay, good for you. Thanks for taking the call, Katrina. We got there in the end. Appreciate it. Good luck with Communion Day. Fair play to you. Great mother. Meanwhile, Catherine, good morning. Good morning, Neve. Um, have you anybody of communion age or have you gone through it with a daughter? No, my daughter got her communion about three years or so. Okay. And um, she wouldn't be a girly girl. She's, it's jeans, tops, so dresses wouldn't be a big thing in her eyes. But she knew the dress she wanted. We went into this boutique. The lady said, these are last year's dresses. These are this year's dresses. She had an idea in her head what she wanted. First dress she put on and the lady brought out all the dresses and it was last year's dress. To the child, it didn't matter whether it was next year's dress or this year's dress. What she was happy with, that's the one she picked. She's a confident young girl. And and tell me, do you have to wear a communion dress? Like you say your daughter isn't into kind of dresses and she's jeans and and runners and a top or whatever, you wouldn't be allowed to, like, is, is there a rule? Suppose, with it? Is there a rule? I suppose it, it's what's done all the time. And, and like, children, 
when I got my commune and we were seven, we were in first class. They were younger, now they're in second class. So they're old, they're a year older getting their communion. Mm. Mm. So, and like where we are, it's whether it's a Brown Thomas dress or it's a Dunn's or a Michael Guiney's dress, there's nobody better than anybody. Or like her hair, she went the morning off her communion. She's fairly long hair. So we just tied her hair up. There was no hair trials or. No, f- no fake tan or no teeth whitening or, or her nails done no makeup and nails. Lovely, no, she has lovely long nails herself and painting her nails, no. Okay. If, if she okay. painted her nails, she would take it off. Of course, of course, there's another in the, in the changing world we live in now. Not all of the children in primary school who would be in the same class would actually make their communion, should they? Wouldn't some, some sit it out? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like you you can have Catholic schools with mixed denomination in it and not mm. everybody is mm. Mm. getting their community. Okay, okay, good points. Thank and you for that. I I I just as um as a we say the big dresses and the tan, a few years ago I went to a communion in the UK and there was a girl, she had the most beautiful red hair, lovely long hair. Um, but her dress was like something Princess Diana would have worn. You know, a really big gown, really wide. And that child took up the most of a seat. And she had obviously red hair, so she was pale skinned. She was all tan. And you could see as she walked around the church, she was so embarrassed because the other kids were able to walk two together. Was she, she mortified? The whole you could see, yeah. And she, was, think- she was embarrassed. You could see by her because she took up just the aisle on her own, whereas all the other kids were like two together and they paraded. It's different to how it's done here. And they paraded around the church. And I kind of thought, I, I felt embarrassed for the child. I suppose each of their own. But they had a Hummer outside then for to take them away after. And, you know, a for the Hummer. kids that, yeah. A big, long Motor car. Yeah, yeah. Jeep. Yeah, outside the church, yeah. <laughs> Takes up the yeah. parking space of maybe four or five cars. Yeah, it was absolutely yeah. huge. Okay, like, well, listen, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's it's none of our business what people spend their money on. We may not agree with it. We might find it somewhat distasteful. But it sounds to me as if that child was at a, at a communion in a wedding dress. Practically, yeah. And like for the child that probably had to walk down the street in her communion dress and go home and have maybe her McDonald's in her kitchen. For that child, it made her feel bad to think whatever the other girl was having this big, lavish day, you know. And you have to wonder, where was the Hummer taking everybody? There was probably a huge, big event planned somewhere uh, with a lot more bling attached to that as well. All right, thanks, Catherine. Thank you, Katrina. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. This is all ridiculous, what I'm hearing. I brought my twin girls to Dunn Stores City Square yesterday. We We bought two beautiful dresses. The staff couldn't have been more helpful because they were very busy, but we had a lovely day and we got what we wanted. Uh, The way we live now, they're putting their children under pressure for their own parental needs and wants. It's not even about the waste of money. That's only part of it. It's just completely blown out of proportion these days. They're seven or eight years old. 
Nothing about say yes to the dress, but if that's what people want, fair enough, each to their own. But I don't agree with it. Um, it's not affordable for everybody, but it's lovely for those that can do it. Get a sign and write and say yes to the dress. Put her against a blank wall and say cheese with a few balloons. There's lovely dresses for a lot cheaper around, I can tell you, says Sean. And one more, where Denise says, it's lunacy. I took my little lady to vows. We got the most beautiful dress for €70. Last year's line reduced. She tried on dresses. We oohed and add, and she was the most special little princess in the room to us. And she felt it. That's all they need to know, is that you're doing your best to make them happy. Her aunt is taking her shopping for her bag. Her godmother is getting her jewellery. And we are practicing all different curls that we will do at home for the big day. Our family will all be there on the day to make sure she knows she has us all to support her and to love her. There's no price tag on that because what we do is priceless. I paid 500 for my daughter's dress, then shoes and gloves and her hair. It was our first girl and we had money set aside, but I still have the dress, shoes, gloves and bag if she wants them in the future. Um, as they're just wasting away now, I'd be more than happy to give them to someone in times of need as times are tough and getting harder. So 500 for the dress, shoes, gloves and hair. There's ridiculous pressure, says Frida, and I'd say it's more the parents doing rather than a child. It's all about parents now trying to outdo each other. Back after the break, text 0868104106. Text or WhatsApp Neil now, 0868104106. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. Okay, if you don't mind, just a, another selection of texts on this one. The pure absolute lunacy, says Patricia. My daughter had hers 22 years ago, and even then I remember pressure. We hadn't much back then. I ended up having to pay off the dress over time, pay off the shoes, the hairband, the gloves. Then I was told, bearing in mind it was a long time ago, 22 years ago, you had better have a pocket full of fivers. It was only then I found out we were supposed to hand out fivers to all of our friends on the day. Yeah, you, that's part of it as well, giving money to communion children. We were relatively new to the country back then and we didn't have a whole lot. People say, just do what you can, but there's pressure self-imposed or not to let your daughter feel less or left out it's all lunacy these days you're the adult she's the child I understand you don't want her to be disappointed but it's peer pressure she's only 8 years old crazy money for a few hours it's ridiculous four hair trials is absolute madness it's not even about the child anymore it's just about parents showing off it's an interesting one here from Catherine who says you know that the kids can't wait to get out of the dresses that's the first thing they want to do is to get out of the dress so that they can breathe move around and look normal again there has been yes to the dress for a number of years and I'm sure there are plenty of dresses out there in all price ranges the majority of kids don't even want to wear the dress after the meal Um, it's so sad when you think of it and just two other quick ones here whatever happened to getting a dress and curling the hair it's all stupid the dresses are ridiculous to have seen dresses that look like wedding dresses it's a communion not a wedding and two short ones all you can do is pay and buy what you can afford and make sure your daughter's day is special don't be trying to keep up with the Joneses it's the child's day sometimes parents think it's theirs and Siobhan says I paid 35 euro for my daughter's one and if someone else paid 400 let them it's not a competition tell your daughter how much you have to spend and I'm sure she will be just as beautiful on the day. So keep those coming. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. I'll squeeze one in uh, this side of uh, of 11. Elna, good morning. 
Morning, Neil. So they can um, be so they can be got cheap. But again, did you ever hear of anything like we were discussing regarding makeup and fake tan and uh, lipstick and mascara and teeth whitening? Not at all, Neil. No, no. Um, no, I, uh, we had three daughters, and uh, but you're talking thirty years ago. Ah, well, thirty so years ago, you wouldn't have any of that. It would have been very straightforward. No, no, you might put them on the side and give the colour of their face, you know. Um, so I got the first the best grocery stores. I think at the time it was about forty eight pounds. And two years later, my second girl said, "Should I want to wear um, one day and then look, they kill me?" My sister's dress. And three years later, the other girl said, I want to wear the same dress. And the three community photographs are framed, and they all look different. You'd never think it was the same dress. A different veil. <laughs> so, and two, generations of, two generations of girls wore the same dress. Three, yeah, three, three, different, three girls. But yeah, but your sister and then your children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 my three daughters, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought, oh, I thought, I actually daughter. thought it was that your sister's oh, no. community dress was worn by your girls. Your three girls no, wore no, the no. same dress. Same dress. And because we saved money, we obviously nobody was well off that time. We would, to Gary Vortel, had a lovely meal with the photo afterwards. You know, you could afford it have a great day out afterwards. Oh, listen, know? it's lovely to... The meal isn't an issue, really. I mean, maybe maybe a Hummer and a stretch limo is a step too far. But going out to a hotel or a restaurant for lunch, that's fabulous. Yeah. And um, great memories. And nobody, like, if you look at a few photographs, I don't know you'd know it was the same dress, you know? <laughs> and it was a beautiful dress. And, um... <laughs> I don't know what I'll do. Who has about now? I wonder if many people pass it. I know, I know, christening gowns and things like that get passed on, don't they? Yeah, and actually, this dress went into the convent in Middleton afterwards. The nuns were were making uh, christening gowns out of them. You know, so right. there was a fourth person more. Oh, and it may it may well be a wonderful thing you did thirty years ago, but it's a different world now. It really and truly is in so many different ways. You know. Yeah, actually, my sister in America, now as I'm talking and thinking about it, she wore um, her sister's wedding dress as well. Same, yeah. same oh, listen, I didn't even, wouldn't even begin on, on wedding dresses. The amount of people who spend... I mean, I know of individuals who spend big money on a wedding dress. It could be 7, 8, 10, 15, maybe 20 grand. And seriously yeah. regretted it because they are subsequently looking at it inside in the wardrobe afterwards and wondering, what do I do with this now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am looking at wedding dress in the world at the moment, uh, Neil, I can assure you. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a pity it's gone out of all proportion, you know? Yeah. And did any of your girls get married or wear a wedding dress that might oh, have yeah. been... Yeah. No, no, no. no. be honest, there were three different ways they got older. There were three different heights and, you know, different all right. things, you know? Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> I, I won't go exactly right yet. All right, appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks so much. Much obliged to you. Take care, take care. Actually, you were talking about the amount of money that people spend, and then, you know, I was talking about the north side, south side thing recently, and we were chatting about whether, because I was asking people who go into, they go into, you might have a makeup artist or a hairstylist would go into a home of a morning to do the hair of the bride, and the person going to do the makeup or whatever it might even be the case if people have money that they might have a hairstylist come in to do the communion hair or the confirmation hair or the makeup or the nails or whatever and I was saying that I was told that the tipping on the north side was much better that in the north side you get food and you get coffee or you get tea or one case 
Um, I think somebody admired one of the girls, somebody in the house's shoes, and they gave her the shoes on the north side, whereas on the south side, by all accounts, they're much tighter in the tipping area. Anyways, just a point I was making. Eric says, you just reminded me of something from a good few years ago. I was working for a transport company driving an Arctic. I remember coming in one Monday morning and there was two of the smaller local truck drivers having having a massive argument. I asked a guy in the warehouse what was going on, why they were arguing. He said they were fighting over whose turn it was to do the north side run. I asked him why and he said they only get tips on the north side. They get nothing on the south side. <laughs> Love the show, this is Eric. So I think it kind of proves my point. Uh, do, do you say you've call this? Uh, okay, you don't. We'll come back to it after 11 o'clock. So there's that one and lots more besides. Uh, and then, of course, um, you know, don't even start on wedding dresses. That's a completely different day and a completely different amount of money. But again, I suppose you could always say at the end of the day, it's nobody's business what you spend your money on. It's yours and yours alone to do with as you please. Uh, I literally only got two weeks notice for my daughter's communion around the time of COVID. She picked her hairstyle and got that done on the day. No trials. We went shopping for a dress. She looked through a few. I told her my price range, so I picked out a few that were in between the price range that I could afford, and she picked which one she liked best. Job done. I'm sure children will be beautiful no matter what. Who cares what everyone else is doing? Let them be. You do what you can and make the most of it with what you have to spend. Don't be stressing yourself out over small things. They'll always enjoy the day spent with family or friends, eating food, eating junk and rubbish. Uh, Ian says, 99% of people I see um, responding say yes to the dress. They're either unemployed or living paycheck to paycheck. Keep an up with the Joneses while you're struggling to keep your head above water. There's no shame these days in keeping things simple. You can text 0868104106, pick up the phone on 0818104106, and we're back after 11. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. Conversation that matters. All right, and uh, right across this week, you have some great opportunities for you to win yourself an overnight stay at the Four Star Metropole Hotel, and you will be treated royally, I can tell you. There'll be treats in the room on arrival for you and whomever you choose to take with with you. It's a romantic night, so I'm sure there'll be romance in the air. So dinner for two of you in the Met Bar and Restaurant. The food there is terrific. And then a delicious breakfast the next morning in the Riverview Dining Room. Uh, and it's all courtesy of ourselves and the Metropolehotel.ie. It's a beautiful four-star hotel in the heart of the Victorian Quarter. And that area is absolutely thriving now these days, isn't it? the whole McCurtain Street area itself. So we're looking for stories of love in any way, shape or form. In fact, I was even thinking this morning about, um, you know, disastrous dates, considering this research that's now out saying that smelly men and rude women are the biggest turnoffs on a first date. A new Amazon survey says that a lack of hygiene tops the list of first date disasters for women, while foul manners were the main problem for men. The third on the list was eating with your mouth open on a date. That probably would be under the, under the category of foul manners, I suppose. Followed by using too many emojis while texting, being badly dressed, um, looking like a relative, and poor use of grammar. What does that mean? <laughs> like, looking like a relative. I get somebody who isn't making a good, big enough effort in the hygiene department or hasn't made an effort to look smart and I understand bad eating habits and what have you but anyway get thinking about that as well for your chance to win one of the prizes so how you found love and the best texts and emails will win a prize this week or indeed you know the 
best or worst, ideally the worst, dating disaster. So you can text on that text 0868104106 or email neil at redfm.ie. So get involved in the conversation and we'll pick it up uh, uh, after maybe around about 20 past 12 or 20 past 11 we'll get stuck into uh, calls like that. But it's very, very busy. Certainly touched a nerve with them. Um, I think maybe it's, it's it, unfortunately sometimes it's our children growing up way too quickly was last week with six-year-olds with smartphones and the issues that it leads to in primary school and now spending so much money on communions and I suppose to an extent also confirmations when it comes down to, uh, you know, getting hair trials or, you know, dresses that look like wedding dresses or hair and makeup and teeth whitening and indeed fake tan. Is it all gone crazy and been taken a step too far? So get involved in that conversation, courtesy of ourselves in the Metro and uh, Metropole Hotel for prizes between now and midday. Um, I've got a couple of lines backed up here. Let me talk to Lisa first. Good morning. Good morning, me. Now, bear in mind, we are talking about 1973. That's right. What was it like back then? I was probably in and around the same time as you doing the communion. Probably confirmation, I'd say, at that stage. I suppose um, when you're seven, back then you're clueless because we were very innocent and we just kind of put on what what the parents chose or whatever. But um, my sister got married two months previously on the 27th of March, I think, and she got a dress made by a local dressmaker. So when it came to my communion on the 5th of May, they got the dress resized for me. So in essence, I wore my sister's wedding dress. Oh, it's a bit of an age gap between you and your sister. One getting married and one making communion. That's right. My sister was 19 when I was born. So I was at the other end. There There was like five years between all of us. There was five of us there. So the oldest, like, you know, there, there was a big age gap. Yeah. Yeah. So there would have been a big height difference. There would have, But a fair amount of resizing involved in a wedding dress, I'd say. There was. <laughs> there was. I remember going for many fittings. But um, I was thrilled afterwards because I loved it. Yeah. So I sent John a picture there with my mum and dad as well. I'd love to yeah. see a picture of the, wed- the wedding dress on your sister and the communion dress on you. Right, I'll try and get one. <laughs> and do you recall what you did after the communion and after the mass in the church? I don't. Went to many houses, I would imagine. And actually, I'm sure we went for a dinner down to Onahincha. You, you're so right. That, that did happen back in the day. You literally went around to all of the um, the cousins' houses, didn't you? And you got a few bob and all yeah. of them. Yeah, and I think to probably have been the next day, we probably would have went for the meal because you're too busy that day doing all the, you're doing the, the calling rounds. to people and whatever. Collecting yeah, yeah. the dosh and what have you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great, that's a great story. And what, be, do you know any idea what became of the communion dress? Have no idea. <laughs> Absolutely no idea. That's too long ago now. Right, Do you well, think about I must get a look at the photographs, but thanks for sharing. 1973. Things were a lot simpler then. There was no makeup or fake tan or teeth whitening. They were. Then. Yeah. They oh, were. I, I, see, I see the photograph now. Here it is now. It's up sideways. I see your mum and dad. And you have a big, huge yeah. veil on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a bun. It was like a little bun on top of the head. Yeah. I'm sure I got that from somebody as well. <laughs> I don't think he bought it. <laughs> you borrowed it. The only thing that he was my shoes and my underwear that day. <laughs> but you still <laughs> felt it was felt like a million dollars, I'd say. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Lovely photo. And the hair curled. My mother put me into curlers the night before. 
and I hardly slept. You know those little spongy rollers. I do. Things were much simpler back then. You can be sure of it. They were. Okay. Happy they were days. The most Happy days. Thanks, yeah. Lisa. Appreciate it. Coley, good morning. Have Hi, you, have how are you, you doing? Have you got an event coming up in West Cork? You do? I do, I do, yeah. Very soon, very soon. Communion. Yeah, my son's communion. And have you been phoning around trying to get somewhere to have the like communion lunch or something? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's like a dinner. Um, it's just the, the usual now. Everyone kind of goes to a hotel and has food and has a few drinks and... That seems to be the norm nowadays. Everyone I've asked in the school, they're all doing it. Yeah. But yeah. I, when we got the date, because they were saying, oh, when you get the date, ring around. I spent the entire day ringing every place in Cork I could think of. I went West Cork, I went to the city, I went everywhere. And they're just extortion. The prices they're like charging is mental. So you're looking at a date in May, actually 11th of May to be precise, isn't it? Yeah, that's okay. it. And you're looking to book for, say, how many people? It is. 13 grandchildren and the char- like what they're charging is like 20 20 euros and above per child and yeah, then they're charging 30 and above for adults and but if there's 13 really grandchildren then there's obviously parents as well so how many in total? Oh I'd say probably in and around the 60 60 between yeah between the two families there's okay. an awful lot of okay. there and the prices you're getting are it says here 30 for an adult and 25 for a child what, what, do, you, what do you get for that? Well, when I went to my niece's communion last year, we were, we were in West Cork and we could just, we got the main, or the starter, and then the main, and then the dessert then was the cake that they had gotten. And that was over a thousand euro, and it was just our side of the family that was that arrived that day. Um, and it was just, it's, it's mental. Like, I got married in 2019, and it's nearly coming in the same price as it was for a wedding. It's crazy, it is. It's, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, we're and very lucky if you managed to get married for a thousand euro. <laughs> you did. Like I think I paid at the time it was only something like fifty five per adult, um, for like a sit down and now it's thirty five thirty and above. Um, like one of the well known hotels now in Cork, they were charging forty euro per adult. So then I went to the smaller places and like the smaller places aren't taking bookings then, so like smaller pubs and things like that, they're just not taking communion bookings. So then you're kind of stuck as to what to do, you know, it's very hard. Like my house wouldn't accommodate that many people and it's just the, the whole stigma around it. It's like you have to have this. So I sat down with my son, I said, What do you want? Like what would you prefer to do? And he was like, I just prefer to spend a day with my cousins and do something fun. So like I'm going to go do that now instead of the norm or what everyone else is doing. So, you, yeah, because the other option, of course, is to try and cater at home. But for 60 people, you'd have known. I don't know, would you enjoy a day if you were catering for 60 guests at home? Bit of an old marquee. Like everyone would be squished together as well, you know. My house wouldn't, it's just too small. Like it wouldn't even be an option for me to have that many people in the house. Um, so for the 40 euro for the adult, is that a three course meal? That's the three course in that one, yeah. You see, that's 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 what you're going to pay. Like, if it wasn't a communion or a confirmation and you went out or I went out or we went out together for starter, main course and dessert, we'd, we'd be charged that. Yeah. You know, it's when like you I multiply it by I, 60, that's when it becomes a big, big problem. That's it, exactly. It's just mental, like, and, like, last year now when we went for my niece's communion, it, it was kind of, everything was just very, like, rushed and... The kids were told sit down, constantly sit down, don't be running around, sit down, sit down. And like my son was like, Mum, I don't want to do that for mine. I don't want to be sitting down all day. And he was like, I actually want to go and make memories for the day. So I was like, I'd rather put the money that I was going to put into, say, I don't know, a thousand euro, two thousand euro, whatever it was going to be, 
and maybe take him away for a day or do something with him that he'd have better memories and better fun with. It's just very, it's just very, very high prices. I find um, now, you know, I've, I've struggled a lot to try and get somewhere, and the only alternative I have now is is to just maybe go do something with him with his cousins and let him enjoy the day. I know. At, like, and, days, and you know? listen, I, I think that's brilliant because it's his suggestion as well, which is great. Exactly, and like we have. I'm West Cork and then my two sisters they have to sit, they have kids as well and their communions are directly after mine so it's mine and then the, the twins and then another communion so in the space of three weeks we have three communions And what about I mean you, you obviously won't have the same issue regarding your son as some would have with girls and the cost of a communion dress um, because they yeah. can be you know like if someone is going to spend 500, 600 or 700 euro for a communion dress that's only going to be worn for the photographs in a few hours um, you know. That's it. Like my niece's dress was five hundred. She got hers in vows, and hers was taken off straight away after the church because it was hurting her. Because the belt of it was too sore, so she she literally had it on for the church. Pictures and taken off. It's an awful, an awful waste. I remember my mum buying mine second hand when I was younger. I think she paid like thirty pounds at the time for it, and. I loved it. I kept it on all day long. So it doesn't really matter. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the, I think the prices for the dresses nowadays are just crazy. And I think it's also, you know, there, there are less hotels around nowadays, so it's even harder on families for dates for communion and confirmation. Is, yeah. You know, it really is. There's a few now going down to um, Clarny or right from the school. They're actually going down for a couple of days instead of just doing the dinner thing up here as well. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure when yeah, everything I mean, is If they have the money and make a weekend out of it, it's their own business, I suppose. It's hard earned. They can spend yeah. it whatever they want. It's kind of a thing you do for a wedding, though, isn't it? It is, it is. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, well, listen, you're doing what your son wants to do, and that's the important thing. You'll have a great day. That's it, that's it. Take care, Coley. Cheers, Coley. Cheers. Thank you to Lisa. Back after the break. Text 0868104106. Text or WhatsApp Neil now. 0868104106. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. Ah, yes, indeed. Valentine's and all the pressure it brings. We'll be able to solve a lot of that for you with an overnight for you and your loved one at the Four Star Metropole Hotel. Anna says, my husband and I had our wedding reception there in the Metropole 46 years ago this year. Unfortunately, my my husband's health is not great at the moment. Be a great prize to lift us up if we were lucky enough to go back again 46 years later. Mag said, we had our honeymoon in the Metropole 40 years ago. We stayed there for two nights, all we could afford at the time. Three children and nine grandchildren later, we'd love to go back again. So the honeymoon was two nights in the Metropole Hotel. Well, that's the way it was. You cut your cloth the way you could. I mean, if you look at the cost, there's research out there recently from Weddings Online. It was looking at the cost of the Irish wedding. Now, many people are doing things differently and they're not opting for big hotel weddings where you have 150, 200 or 250 people to cost you an iron and a leg. But the 2023 survey was based on 1,200 people who participated. 84 of those percent of those were female. 82% are planning their wedding. And these are the kind of numbers they're getting back for, say, a typical wedding in 2020, 20, in 2023, 2024. So the average budget for a wedding now apparently is 29,500 euro. I mean, that's a lot of money. And of course, imagine, don't get me wrong, great memories and a fabulous day and lots of the excitement and the glamour and the style and the family and the friends, all ex- all of them experiencing and sharing your big day. At the same time, it's a serious deposit on a house. So 29 and a half grand. And even at that, 56% of those who were surveyed said they went over budget 
30% of them said they went five grand over budget from what they had set aside. June is the busiest month for weddings. June is the busiest month, followed by August and then your May and your July. But everybody wants a June wedding. They're pretty much... Like in and around 70% of them happen on a Friday and a Saturday. I imagine that the midweek weddings are less popular, but probably considerably cheaper. Would I be right? Then another couple of figures here say that nearly 30% of them had their parents help pay for the wedding. The bank of mom and dad. How much? I don't know. I don't even know if it's case anymore where parents pay the full whack. Is it the parents of the bride? usually in the old days used to pay for the entire wedding um, 30% of them said they had to get a loan to help pay for their wedding if you take into consideration that the average budget is just under 30 grand and 88% said they will honeymoon abroad um, the most popular destinations are the USA the Maldives, Italy Greece and Mexico and one of the ones that really interested me is the average number of guests at an Irish wedding And I think there would be a big difference between a city or an urban wedding and a country wedding. So the average number of guests, apparently 142. Although I do know of weddings, say, for instance, in West Cork and South Kerry, where hotels have to have really, really big reception rooms and ballrooms and places for the wedding because there could be 250, 300, maybe even 350. Sometimes they would have the hotel and the big dining room, the ballroom, the banqueting room, and then a marquee stuck onto it because you could have upwards of 250, 350 in some country weddings. There are loads of other stats. Just um, I'll come back to them throughout the course of the morning. And of course, you know, all too often now a wedding isn't a one-day event anymore. It's a two-day event or a three-day event. But love is in the air this week because it's Valentine's on Wednesday. So we have overnight stays at the Four Star Metropole to give away every single day this week. So I want you to get texting and calling on that. You can text 0868104106. The best love story, where you found love all right um you know and the, the the better story wins the prize so get thinking about that and share your own story you can always email neil at redfm.ie uh, and i can pick up on the emails throughout the course of the week uh, but text 0868104106 for now and let me get uh, let me get some calls in the air on this one if you don't mind and pj's on whatsapp pj good morning Good morning, Neil. I'm good. Happy it's, a, it's a happy Monday to you, pal. It's a it's a very flowery email. That's much better you telling the story rather than me uh, reading it out. But you describe yourself uh, as, a, as a lovable Egypt. Why? Uh, do you know what? There's a good few people in Cork who know me as an Egypt. So, and I, I had to I had to floor up the lovable part of it. There was a there was a few swear words in there along the way. So, thankfully, <laughs> uh, things have cleaned up along the way. But uh, look, look, it's just been. Uh, I'm just one of those lads, don't I? Just along the way, just making a fool of myself, like so. Uh, thankfully, thankfully, Queeva turned me from a fool into a, into into an Egypt. So, okay, so well, how did it. how did it start? How did it come about? Uh, Andy Ferreira gave me a job there on Cask in uh, 2017, and um, I was just uh, just a, a dog's body and a bartender, and um, uh, Queeva turned up there one day to work the. Kitchen, I can tell you and, one uh, thing: bartenders are not dogs' bodies. Think of pubs without them. Oh, we well, we put in the hard work. Like there'll so be we, chaos, we man. There will be chaos. Put, put, on, put on a smile and and then and, and run around the place, like but like a jaw, like Andy, Andy would crack the whip fairly hard as, as with Carl does, and like so they would they, they would make sure that the, the everyone is, is everyone is happy and everyone, yeah, everyone is hitting hitting a good spot. Yeah, absolutely. Like so, um, Cleve was working in the kitchen, uh, and um, we didn't like each other at the start at all. Um, <laughs> we, we 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 couldn't. Play. 
Why? Why? Yeah, we we just clashed. We just clashed. It's only eleven, and I kept I kept running. I kept running in and running into running into the back where when she was uh when she was prepping up dishes and I I was I wasn't very good at letting all people know that I was there. Like so, I was running into her and 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 bump into her and be knocking food all over the place and screaming and roaring and shouting. So start. Yeah, yeah. So we, but like I suppose people would have pointed out there was a bit of a chemistry along the way. Like, but uh, I I stalked her Facebook page there one night. Uh, and I see a picture of her walking across the, uh, a wall and uh, there was a lovely picture of her ass and I was like, Josh, she's ah, all right. Like, steady all right. on, man. Steady on about body you parts, will you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but it's, it's, well, look, it's what drew me to it. Like, so, we, um, I, 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 I decided to talk to her one day one day inside the bar and I discovered that she was uh, she was newly single. So I, I sent her a text message one night. You didn't she tell her, her you were looking at photographs of her on her home, Facebook right? page. Please tell me you didn't tell her that. What? That you were looking at photographs of her on her Facebook page. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This made, this made it into the wedding speech. <laughs> go on, go on. <laughs> so, 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 look, I suppose, so, look, I suppose, I found out she was single and um, I sent her a text message one night there seeing if she wanted to, if she needed a hug. And thankfully, she did need a hug. So, one hug, uh, an Irish hug, I suppose, turned into a house and a dog and a child. So, <laughs> here we are now. A vir- did you start with the virtual hug online, was it? Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I suppose for these for 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 Monday morning conversations, we did start over a virtual hug. Okay, so how how did you manage to turn around what was a very shaky, rocky um, start? Like, I mean, she like you just didn't get on. How did you make that transition? Uh, <laughs> uh, we hug, we hugged a few times. <laughs> She wear this conversation, incidentally. <laughs> yeah, she's, work, she's working at the moment. I'd send her a message out to apologize for what, what's what's coming before. Like, for the for the stay in the Metropolitan Hotel and the line. Like, so it, it it'll be worth it. I think. Okay, so divorces are cheap anyway. Divorces so, are cheap anyway. Do this. Well, the best. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, look, well, look, she, look, she, look. Over the years, I know she's put up with my my bad cooking. Like when I when I first met Quiva, I was living in a mobile home, and I and I, and I had a broken up for it yesterday. And uh, my 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 father said to me that uh, look, at least we know she's not with you for your money anyway, because I had no money. <laughs> you weren't much of a prospect, I suppose. No. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was. I was, uh, I was uh, a fixer upper. Yeah. It's, uh, you give you you gave good hugs though. <laughs> I, I must do. I must do. I must do all right with my hugs, like. But like, I've ruined a good few. Di- but like, I come home every day after work there, and I'd be in charge of the dinners. And like, bear in mind, know she she is or was a chef, like, and I've I've ruined a fair amount of dinners. And over I the listen, years, I've like, probably and, uh, eaten her food in caskets. Superb. The tapas is fantastic. So so you were yeah, you you've sent me some photographs of things that you claim to be food although I think that's probably stretching it a bit what are these photographs yeah well look, well, look it started out of food but I, I, I didn't always read the, I don't always read the instructions on the box like so uh, the, the, the oven sometimes takes on a mind of its own and the pizza fell through so like I look so, when you're cooking for a chef like it, it, it can go downhill fairly quickly like there was another night where I tried to make um Champagne infused white sauce with chicken, and he ends up giving two of us food poisoning. So, I like, uh, <laughs> it was probably the chicken gave you the food poisoning. Yeah, yeah. nothing that says of like two people queuing for queuing queuing for the toilet bowl. Like, yeah, so. I... <laughs> you share a lot more information than is necessary. There's a photograph I, here. I, I, I... There's a photograph here of a lump of something. 
That's supposed to be uh, sweet potato fries. Oh yeah, sweet potato. Yeah, they they they, they got the, the air fryer didn't do its job. That's it. <laughs> and there's a small little sad lump of mayonnaise next to it. God, man, that is the most awful looking plate of food I've ever seen. But not, yeah, notwithstanding, yeah, yeah. You're, you're you're so clueless in the kitchen. You took a frozen pizza, you put it in the oven on the on the metal lats, right? The tray yeah, that has yeah, the lats yeah. through it. Um, and the pizza just literally disintegrated and fell through the gaps. Yeah, I love that anyway. That's a serious rookie mistake, man. I just didn't read the box. <laughs> so, so are you still doing the cooking? Have you improved or anything? Uh, look, I have, my, I have my up days and I have my down days. Like, so I, it, like, it, 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 it's a work in progress there. There was another day I forgot to put the, the bread and the chicken and sure, it just went all, went all, went chaos all together. All right, okay. So she didn't fall in love with you for your food. She certainly didn't fall in love with you because you were a good catch money-wise. You gave good hugs. Did you marry? Yeah, we got married in Gary Water two years ago. Uh, or sorry, yeah, I suppose we, we, we call it two years. We, we got married, yeah. <laughs> Honeymoon? And, and, she, and she's still with me. <laughs> the Maybe blonde, not after this call. The blonde bombshell is, is still hanging in there. <laughs> yeah, she's hanging on for dear life. Um, she, she puts up with me. Like, she's like, like I, I make good cups of tea, but she doesn't drink tea. Like, so, I, <laughs> so are you romantic? Never mind trying to catch uh, an overnight in the Metropole. What would you normally do for Valentine's? Uh, nothing. <laughs> At all? Nothing. Well, it's not like... When I'm a queef every day, it's Valentine's Day. Ah, give me a break, will you? Pass the smelling sauce. You don't buy flowers or chocolates or... A single rose or a bit of jewellery, a Valentine's on, card. There's a cost of living crisis on at the moment. Like, draw, like say, say, say it with a cappuccino and say it with a muffin, I suppose. <laughs> are you still in cask or what are you doing now? Uh, we'll say I work in recruitment. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, I, can be a, I, can, I can be a boy for NASA if you want or a national for NASA just, just, just for conversation purposes, you know? <laughs> I'm all right in that department, to be honest with you, but it's a pleasure talking to you. You need to be able to step up and at least buy a Valentine's card for the first time in your life, do you hear me? Uh, I will. If, 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 if I end up in the Metropolitan Hotel, I'll get, I'll get her a card. <laughs> all right. Let's see what happens. Hang in there. Hang in there. Thanks, PJ. Morning to you and also to the lovely Quiva, who's a lot to put up with. Calls on the way after the break. Call Neil now. 0818 104 106. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. All right, get, the, get those calls on air. Your opportunity to win one of our overnights at the Metropole Hotel. An overnight stay at the Four Star Metropole. Delicious lunches there, great dinners. They've got lovely afternoon tea in the tea room. They've done a gorgeous job of the hotel. It's like a hundred, at least 125 years history. One of the finest hotels on Leaside. So we're going to overnight for two of you. Beautiful dinner in the Met Bar and Restaurant. Lovely breakfast the following morning. And we all want you to share your stories of love. And they come in all shapes and sizes. <laughs> I think you've got that already from PJ. So back to the phone lines we go. Enough of me. We get as many as we can in between now and midday. Abby is standing by. I'll get to you in a minute, Abby. Thank you for holding. Anna. Hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? Did you find love I, in a hopeless place or oh a crazy Jesus, place? Jesus, I found love in the worst place on this earth. All right. We'll start at the beginning. I wonder, I'll tell you now. I have to go really quickly because yeah. I have to bring my husband up to the hospital. Okay. Well, now, he's the man in your life. How did you meet? 
he did. I was in Dublin, went out with him, and uh, we went to a disco. And of course, I wanted to be beautiful, and I didn't like my glasses. So I decided, I said, you wait there, I'll go to the toilet. Now, this was our first date. I went into the toilet, put a bit of makeup on, did the whole business, and I came back out, forgot the glasses, and saw this guy, couldn't see very well, short-sighted. <laughs> saw this guy sitting in front of me and went over and sat with me. Right. He looked. He'd, I couldn't see him properly, you know. I really couldn't. <laughs> it was like, it was like swim, he, it was like swimming underwater with your eyes open. Oh, Jesus Christ. I know the feeling. I know the feeling. I wouldn't even look at him now. Hence, I really mean it. So I sat on his knee and he started <laughs> wobbling his knee. And I said, let's go, let's dance. Are you ready for it? And he turned around and he said, I'm ready for anything. <laughs> and I... <laughs> Next of all, the moral of the story he looks at me and said you're not bad I said oh, well you have to forgive me the mascara is in my eye I can't see you very well oh, he said there's no problem darling it's okay Wait, what do you want to do and next of all I looked at him I said Jesus you're not the date that I'm with I th- where I, the hell did you come from I thought you I had t- my arm I thought you touched his I had his my wig. arm around his neck I listened I had my arm around his neck and when I got the shock, I jumped up. And when I jumped up, I tilted his hair. <laughs> like, next of all, the hair fell to one side. <laughs> this is a true story. I said, Lily, Jesus, who am I with? <laughs> and he turned around and he said, we'll overlook the hair. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> you made that up. And I said, I know, I seriously mean this. Good time, Charlie's in O'Connell Street. We had a good time. Char- we had a good time, Charlie's here in Cork as well back in the day. I know I was born in Cork, but and anyway, this was in, in this was in O'Connell Street. So anyway, you realise you're, you realize you're sitting on the lap. You knocked off the wig of the fellow, and you're sitting on his knee. I what? did, I, and I, he was bumping his leg up and down, you know. <laughs> and I said, "Jesus, are you okay? I couldn't see very well." He was a good time, Charlie. Or at least he thought he was oh, in he for was a good time, Charlie. Char- so what, he was some Charlie. What, what did you do next? <laughs> Next of all, I said, oh, my Jesus, I better go down these two steps. That's where I came from. And next of all, as I went down the steps, didn't I smash the heel? I thought I was beautiful with my mini and my high heels and all. And couldn't see. Slipped down the two steps, broke the heel of the shoe, went over to the date, limping. And he said, I saw everything. You should be ashamed. (laughs) And anyway, the moral of the story... The moral of the story, I met him a couple of years later. We had a chat about it, and he said, how is your eyesight now? Who did you meet, the guy with the wig or the boyfriend? No, the ma- my husband, my husband. How is your eyesight now? And I said, after I changed the glasses, I have contact lens. And anyway, we married three years after. Oh, the first date didn't work and, out, but uh, it did no, subsequently. No, because he saw me with... Charlie sitting there with the wig half I off thought, and I thought, there, I thought there was a girlfriend came over shouting and roaring. A girlfriend was... came over. This is the one I was coming to. When the girlfriend came over, oh, he was really something else. The girlfriend came over, saw this, and she turned around and said, I always knew you were a hair master, but not lately in front of me. 
<laughs> We're not holding back this morning, lads, I can tell you that. <laughs> anyway, a few years passed and you met the man whose and knee I you should have been again. sitting on. You fell in yes. love and married William, is that right? That's right, and uh, we're together. And never thinks of Valentine's Day, you know, never. Doesn't he? Why? Uh, you have to put a little thing under his nose, a feather, to say, mm, it's Valentine's Day, you know. Oh, God, don't you years pass very fast, he said. <laughs> so are you, ba- are you in Cork now? I am, I'm Cork, yes. Did you marry a Cork man? Is William a Cork man? I did, yes. All right, okay. And how long have... So how long ago is this... How long ago? Oh, I mean, how long God, you... that... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, maybe we'll never know how long ago it was. Who knows? It'd be 100. What? You're 100 years ago, did you say? No, if I live to be 100, <laughs> I'll never forget it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I love it, I love it. Oh, I'll tell you, listen to me, and anyway, I have to go. All right, girl, look after and, William. Thank you so much listen, for sharing. And come here, and you know something? I would enjoy, I would enjoy, because my life is up and down all the time, I would enjoy an evening in the Metropole I'm sure Hotel. you would, I'm sure you would. I love it. I'm sure you would. Would you be able to find your I, way around it, like with the eyesight? Is oh, it got any... side, I'll tell you now, I put the contact lens and the glasses on. <laughs> All right, okay. Stay listening, Anna. We'll see how we go with this. I don't know. There's something in the air this morning, I think. <laughs> Whatever way the wind is blowing. Abby! <laughs> Hello. Thank you for holding this. <laughs> oh, my God. You're going to be very disappointed. <laughs> I, I've been doing a little bit of mathematics, um, actually, on your dates. But anyway, we'll come back to that in a second. So you moved house in 2022. Single 2022. parent. Yeah, single yeah. parent with your own little boy, three years old. So a lot needs doing in the house you're moving into, right? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I, I moved in the end of May and basically everything needed to be done. And... There's a local hardware store. Big shout out to Hazard. Uh, but I didn't want lino. I wanted floorboards. So trying to get somebody during COVID to put them down. It's kind of come to the end of COVID. Lino would be much really. cheaper on a budget, incidentally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Like. So made a few phone calls anyway. Still nothing. I went to Woody's. I said, look, I'll just get the flooring first. 34 euro box. How bad? Look, we'll just put it through the house. It'll be grand. So... Basically, I got a call back. Made a few phone calls. Got You're looking for someone to lay the floor, isn't it? Just put the floor down. That's all I want. Oh, that's not that's so straightforward. That's down. a big job. Yeah. It, yeah, but like, I mean, come on. It's not, it's not exactly science, is it? <laughs> so. <laughs> You're insulting a load of tradesmen by saying that. Before. I know, yes. They're probably like, get her off the line. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, it took, look. I was moving in in the May. He was still putting it down in the June. It took a long time. Right. Okay. And, um, yeah, basically, that was it. Eventually, Um, because you were searching and searching, it's like it can be impossible to get tradespeople because they're in such demand and they're booked up months in advance. But Seamus arrived one day. Yes, he did. And he started in the hallway. And then he he did the flooring in the sitting room. And then he yes. moved to all of the others. And then he laid the floor in your bedroom. Yeah, there wasn't only floors he was laying. <laughs> uh, see, you see, this is what I mean so, about people this morning and the information yes. that they're sharing. It's just... 
<laughs> well, you were doing the math. I I was because I was because you said he laid more than the think, floor. How did yeah? But how did you think the baby came along? No, I I, I thought you might have gone. I thought you might have gone on a few dates first, or maybe got no, to know no. each other. There was no better. dates. He did a fine job on the floor. <laughs> did you have a bed in the bedroom at the time? <laughs> My mother's probably listening. So I better. Uh, <laughs> I'd say the broadcast. Com- the I'd say the broadcast complaints commission are listening. To be honest with you, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, needless to say, he laid fine floors, and the following and the fo- <laughs> and the following spring. That's why I was doing the math. Your daughter yes. was born. Yes. A <laughs> uh, little girl was born. And uh, and and did he ever? What floor did he propose on? <laughs> Oh, my kitchen floor on my 30th birthday. So, yeah, the, my 30th then was in October and we said, we'll have a quiet one. Nothing, nothing major. Family had gone home. The kids were in bed. And then I turned in the kitchen and he was down on one knee on the floor. And, yeah, I said, yes, we haven't gone anywhere. We didn't celebrate it. We haven't done anything. But, uh, yeah, it was lovely. And it was definitely, we, neither one of us, like, so just going back again, we're from the same town, but we never knew each other. What like, town? this town what is town? tiny. What? what, you're not saying? Like, we knew, like, we never, we knew each other's names, but we never would have seen each other, really. And if we did see each other, I just felt sick. Like, I actually felt like... A I small had little county Limerick <laughs> town. And yet, yeah, you, and, and yet yeah. you met in Cork, was it? No, no, we actually met. He lived in Wales for 10 years and I lived in Cork on and off. And then I moved back home. He had moved back home. Kind of knew he was around, but I was always running. Anytime I saw him, I didn't really want to even look at him because I felt sick. Why did you feel sick? He just made me nervous. He just made me nervous. I just got really nervous around him. <laughs> I don't know why. I just couldn't talk to him. So, uh, yeah. But obviously, I got over that. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You 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 were nervous because you you were nervous because you just you, you fancied him. You just yeah, but I yeah, didn't it, I didn't acknowledge that. I was like, no, and it didn't even enter. No, but no, when you when you when you said you made me feel sick, it, it wasn't because you couldn't stand the sight of him. It was the opposite. No, it was the opposite. It was like getting food poisoning the week he was in the house, pushing the floor down, and I was like, Jesus. I couldn't, I was, no, there was no, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat. So That's a peculiar, that's a peculiar way to feel love, I have to say, but nonetheless it worked yeah, out. it worked, it worked out, and we're really happy. Is he still laying floors? No, he's not allowed. <laughs> he doesn't do that. <laughs> I said you can do a bit of roofing, outdoor jobs, anything like that, but no, flooring is off. Why? Why? What, why do you think? And you know what? Why do you think? <laughs> Even. Because you right? don't trust him. If I really want to freak him out, I'll say, I might get tiles done in the hallway. I might get tiles done in the kitchen because he can't tile. <laughs> so then he knows he's on thin ice. <laughs> oh my God, we're getting some cracking stories Actually, this morning. Sorry, I can tell if, you. If he can hear that he can tile, but he doesn't like doing it. <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, we have the two smallies and it would be great to get away for a night. Okay. Uh, they could do it a break from us. <laughs> you could say that again. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to follow stories like the stories this morning. They're just completely off the charts. Yeah, but 
mine wasn't half as exciting as the first two. Oh, it was, like. believe me, it, it was, it was, it was exciting enough. <laughs> it was like your your introduction to your husband is like something from what we used to call a scene from a blue movie. When the tradesman oh, comes, when the tradesman comes the tradesman to call, comes to the door. Go on, go on, well, say no more. And the, woman, and the woman violently sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Thank you, Abby. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, PJ. Keep them coming. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. Conversation that matters. Yes, indeed. Get involved in the conversation on the Neil Prendival Show with Mercedes Benz Cork. And we have uh, great prizes this week, courtesy of ourselves in the Metropole Hotel. An overnight for the two of you with a wonderful, wonderful romantic dinner. First of all, you go into your beautiful bedroom and it's just loaded with beautiful treats in the room on arrival. Dinner for two in the Met Bar and Restaurant. Delicious breakfast the following morning in the Riverview Dining Room. And we're asking you to share your story. <laughs> Some people are sharing a little bit more than I'd have been expecting this morning. I think we could well be in for an interesting week. Can I just squeeze one more in, if you don't mind, this side of midday? Aoife, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm wondering what kind of a tale you'll have to tell about yourself and your partner, Michael. Yeah, so I started a, a job for, it was only supposed to be for six weeks, and six months later I ended up there while I was waiting for a new job. And I met Michael up there. He was uh, the other supervisor uh, but I'm actually leaving now in... I have another week left now here. So I said it would be great to have a night out before I set it down to my new big girl job. Your new big girl? I mean, what do you do right now? So I'm actually a supervisor in Route 14 in Toker. Right. And where are you going to? At the moment, I am going to Standard in Carrick 2. Okay, well, you have to give me you have to give me a bit more than that. Like, you're just on saying, okay, give me an overnight because I'm going to be going away. Are you going to be leaving, Michael? Pardon? Are you going to be leaving him or what? Uh, well, he wouldn't be that lucky anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I. we obviously still see each other, but we obviously won't see much that I'd be leaving here. But, uh, Are you going uh, to a different county? No, I'm only going 20 minutes down the road. Are you living together? Have you moved in or are you just starting? Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm living in Cove and he lives in town. Right, and is there any uh, plan to move in together? I'll have to go past the mother first, I suppose. Whose mother? <laughs> My mother. <laughs> no, I know uh, we're not anytime soon anyway, like, but we still see each other. And where did you, where did you meet? In work. And who my ma- job now. And who made the first move, or was it just love at first sight? It was, it was him the whole time. It took it took me a while to come around, but it was definitely Michael at the start. Yeah, and you know, are there plans like to move in, Absolutely. settle down? Not everybody, not everybody gets married anymore. Is that on the cards? Definitely, I would, not anytime soon anyway. Not anytime soon. But I, I told him a year. I told him 12 months and we're six months so far. So another six months. Clock is ticking. When's the, when, ticking. When, I, I, I'm not going to be able to give you a prize because there's nothing wrong with your story. Don't get me wrong. But it will be hard to beat a story like Abby or Anna's or PJ's. But I wish you the best of luck in the future together. And also Thank with the new job. What? Thank you very much. <laughs> If you've any, if you've any updates with regards to the relationship that might warrant a prize, come back to me and let me know. All right. I will, of course. Thanks a million. All right. Good luck.
Good luck. Can I just can I just leave you with this one? Because not all relationships work out, you know, for the time that's in it. And it wasn't I wasn't actually sent this by virtue of the fact of it being about Valentine's, but it has to do with love. And the woman who sent it to me, um, I'm not going to mention uh, the country that you're from uh, by virtue of the fact that I don't want to be causing any grief between exes by identifying anybody in any way, shape or form. But let's just say, uh, I hope this message finds you well. So it's somebody not from Ireland who came to Ireland um, and is called Cork home for the past number of years. So I wanted to share a part of my life story with you because it's been a journey marked by both heartache and indeed strength. In my pursuit of love, I found myself working abroad where I fell deeply in love with a man. His convincing words led me to retire from my career and embrace the excitement of starting a life together in Ireland. Little did I know this decision would unravel in a painful, painful chapter. Um, Our dreams of building a family were shattered by the challenges of infertility. The path of IVF became fraught with betrayal and violence. Every attempt to conceive was marred by infidelity, leading to unspeakable unspeakable acts of physical harm. Three miscarriages later, I made the painful choice to freeze my remaining eggs, a tangible reminder of the horrors endured. Early in 2023, I discovered his double life, having an affair and fathering a child with another woman. And that deception lasted for two years, during which I navigated a web of lies and heartbreak. I took a courageous step by reaching out to the Gardaí, providing statements and evidence of abuse, though I chose not to pursue any or press any charges. This at least ensures a record of the pain endured. I was financially drained, having invested over €35,000 in IVF with no reimbursement, but I stand resilient ready to embark on a new chapter. In my 40s now, I believe in the possibility of finding someone true, caring, loving and loyal to share the remaining years of my life with. A fresh start, if you will, with hope and genuine connection. Thank you for taking the time to read this part of my story. Writing with courage as I listen to your show, I believe in making a difference with your help. My love for Ireland is profound and perhaps this journey might lead to finding a partner. I won't give up personal details and I don't know actually, are you asking that perhaps there may be somebody out there that you would, would like to meet or form a relationship with or fall in love? Do let me know because I know that there will be people listening to this, uh, men who perhaps might want to get in touch and you'd never know, sparks might fly. But for now... Um, I need to pick a winner on this because uh, I I hate picking one of them because they're just all they're just all very good this morning. But I had to say, if I had to really someone put a gun to my head and please don't, I probably would say Abby. Woo! <laughs> on the basis, thank you, Neil. On the basis of laying more than the floorboards. <laughs> <laughs> Behave yourself in the metropole now. No jumping off wardrobes, do you hear me? Or swinging off chandeliers or anything like that. We'll, we'll make sure there's a good solid floor down anyway. I'm assuming it is Seamus you're going to bring with you. Well, I hope so. I hope so. I hope he comes. Well, Neil, you've taken the heat off me anyway. I don't need to go looking for um, a present. Well, I mean... I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no. He probably wouldn't say no to a box of chocolates. Oh, I suppose. Look, 
<laughs> whatever you get up into the, whatever you get up to in the metropole is your own business you're two consenting adults but enjoy the night oh, thank you so much Neil that's brilliant all right, thank good you luck, good luck good luck, good luck. All right. take care to you and to Seamus we'll do it all again tomorrow so keep your stories coming you can email Neil at redfm.ie you can also share by text to 0868 or pick up the phone and let us know you see the kind of stories we're looking for at this stage uh, pick up the phone 0818104106 have a good day I'll see you tomorrow when court talks car people blow my mind they talk to Neil Prendeville on Red FM